There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And that time of year has rolled around again. It is finals time. And like Big Kev once said, I'm excited. It's good. It is good. It's been a long year, but uh, I'm glad we're here. Matchups worked out very well. We essentially had finals before finals last week, which was pretty cool. Yeah, a couple of games. There was a couple of Barneys that aren't really worth mentioning, but there was a couple there that were finals worthy. Yeah. Souths and Roosters, Sharks, Raiders. Why probably wasn't a high-quality match was... You know, had intentions or finals on the line there, or positioning on the line. Um, Newcastle, I thought, were really, really good considering who they rolled out as well. Kept that momentum going, nine in a row. And they were good, yeah. Like we yeah. thought, there was a couple of teams, like the Dolphins, that would have looked to finish strong. The, Dol- uh, the Dragons probably disappointed me a little bit at the last hurdle. They've been really, really hard out until the last game. But um, overall, like the, probably the biggest disappointment, I think, across the weekend is a team like the Cowboys, who had everything to play for. Yeah, and just got absolutely blown off the park by Penrith. I know a lot of people are going there. They are. I'm like, don't get me wrong. I thought they were impressive, but I certainly thought the Cowboys. Uh, they looked like they were ready for the off season. They did. So, yeah, uh, which was disappointing. Bitterly disappointing for their fans and bitterly disappointing for their coach. The way they defended in a must win game that would have uh, not only disappointed him but shocked him. I would imagine. And I think the other one that got me. I'll watch this with you. Some of the Tigers people afterwards saying to me it's like disrespectful that they're passing off for tries. Well, here's something about respect. How about you fucking chase the ball? Yeah, well, you made you made that point during the game. I'd never I'd never really mate, there thought was, of it like that. But you're right. Like there was for the six, fact that they can do that is showing you that there's not players in the picture. And mate, the one where yeah. Jake got it, or even the Gordy one, I counted. There were six manly jerseys, not like within reach, but closer to the ball than one Tigers jersey. Yeah. So if you don't want that shit happening, defend that's, better. That's concern. So. I have no problem with it in that regard because I, I don't have a problem with it because, like you say, the fact that they were able to do it indicates there's no one there to you know stop you no from putting the ball stop down. Off, like, you can only twice. do it. You can you can only do it if there's people not there to stop it twice. Because yeah, I saw a few people going, "Ah, oh, it's a bit over over celebratory." I'm like, "Look, both their seasons are over, but one team's absolutely laying the smack down, and the other one's not playing." Yeah. So yeah, oh, look, and we had we had our end of season presentation last night, and that was one thing that. You know, I think you can you can certainly lose momentum and end seasons disappointingly. Like the the obvious one at the moment is South. Mm. But you can also end disappointing seasons and create a little bit of momentum for next season. I think Manly, you know, they had the last two games were against Canterbury and, and the Tigers. Okay. But, yeah. you know, they still went out and got the job done and showed, I think, um, a nice development in their attacking philosophy. I think their attack has progressed a lot this year from what it was at the start of the year to the end of the year. Uh, and you know, the former Daily Chair Evans has got a lot to do with that. I think that's the best season I think I've ever seen him have. You probably have to go back to one one of his initial ones, like when they won the comp. When was that? Twenty eleven. They won the competition. 
Like he was Against the Warriors, yep. Pretty first special year in. that year. Uh, you know, there were a couple of other years where they lost the grand final to the Roosters in 13. He was excellent that season. But Got the Clive. Mate, yeah, his, uh, his season this year was phenomenal. Yeah, I think his last years in general, when he's rep football, have really topped up nicely. Just um, He's become a very good leader. A very good leader at rep level and at club level. I think there's a good question out of this for them, and we probably save it for me to do the reviews, but I think watching Kohler, and again, the opposition wasn't the greatest, but if Tom's not ready to go, like I said, and cap-wise and situation-wise, he ends up being a centre for his own benefit, I think he's your easier replacement to go straight to one. Well, yeah, it, but the, the good part of that is they've got options there. You yeah. Know, you can go with Garrick. As much as I think Garrick tries hard, he doesn't have. he's a bit more like a Gutherson in terms of he, effort being on the ball. His is work rate-based. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas I think a guy like Kohler, there's quality, there's speed, and there's... Things that can be added to his game because as a rugby league player, he's still learning. But like a I said typical before, part of having an injury to a key player in a, in a spine position early in the season is the fact that you've just completed a preseason without really giving those other players reps. Exactly. So essentially, and my knock those players were getting the reps not only at training, but mm-hmm. training is far more condensed during a season than what it is during preseason. And there's probably far less game simulation in in season as there is in preseason. Like you replicate your games with scenarios in the preseason because you're not playing mm. but when you are playing you're trying to take that impact and that workload out of the players during the week so yeah. I just think simply yeah. like I said before whether people find it disrespectful again or not for me Tommy's record at the moment is you know basically half season on half season off if it comes to a point where hamstring soft tissues load all that doesn't suit to play fullback and he's keen to be at Manly they're keen to have him they can come to some sort of agreement yeah. centre is a spot next year where I think they're going to be a little bit short so yeah. if it comes around about that way that that turns out to be his best option or he didn't want to be there or, you know, he gets hurt again next year and it comes to the back end. And like I spoke about, contract, situation, position, I think it could all work out very nicely. But that's looking further down the road if there is more issues and they go that route. Yeah. But if he keeps doing his hammies and it is a load issue or something like that or the constant explosions and workload, well, maybe center is his spot. Yeah. Maybe they can put him there. Maybe that upgrades that position Cap's gone up a little bit. Maybe he takes a little bit of a haircut. Nothing crazy. Cooler goes. Like that's just was all ticking over my head. Being a weirder as usual when you watch games. So mm. that's all. But for now, um, I don't really know if there's much to review in these games. To be honest, because for the majority, there was two that meant something, and there was a lot of dud games where teams got blown off the park. Yeah. So I think in terms of review, we'll save that when we actually look through the team season review. So as we've done in the previous years, we will do all the teams that missed the final season reviews right now, and we'll do the teams progressively as the weeks go on, along with a preview of the round ahead. I know last year we split it and we did two days yeah, we a might, week. We might do that next week. Maybe we can get back this on. Week, I think but this week's a difficult one. We had commentary, still coaching last week, so I didn't even really consider it. Yeah. And it was Father's Day also, so possibly next week. Um, we could definitely do Sunday this week. On top of that, I haven't put it out there yet, and it's a very short turnaround because of everything again, but we're also doing an NFL podcast this year. We're going to yep. give it a crack. So. We're going to kick it off, mate. I must say, probably my bugger up to ask you so late, I'm running it a couple of days beforehand. Still haven't even launched the socials yet. Got to get a podcast link, everything going as well. But I reckon we'll kick it in the guts and go for a couple of weeks and sort of see where things go and if we're enjoying it and it's getting a bit of pickup and people are interested, well, why not give it a run for a year? Yep. If it turns out it's dead in the water and no one cares and people only care about fantasy and they're not really interested in it, which can be the case with some sports, well, then we just won't do it again. But give it a run. Yeah. See how we go. Um, we had a couple of name ideas, but we'll sort that out also as well. But for now, this podcast is brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the True Blue Bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. No win last week, still $1,148. But the best bet, 
if you got on it last week that I put on the app. Sub for a double manly to win four hundred and twenty bucks. Uh, sorry, four dollars twenty. You should have had uh, a bit of cash in your pocket. Absolutely. And you got that double quite easily. Tick tick. As they obviously ran an absolute train on the Tigers. So yeah, um, and we'll do our final power rankings, and we're going to do them as we think their chance of the premiership, like we said last week. Similarly, now that the age is sorted. Yeah. So those power rankings are obviously brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Jake and the team there, don't be sidelined by rising power biz this season. Visit the team there for the highest quality solar solutions, www.penrithsolar.com.au or call 1800-2029-30 today. Number one in my power rankings, and most likely, I still stick with the Panthers. Yeah, I'll flip it. I'll go on Brisbane. Okay. I've stuck Brisbane up there. I'm going to lay it out on the line. Um, and I've got the Panthers at two, but I've got them on a tier absolutely streaks ahead of who I've got at three. All right. Well, I've got the Broncos at two. Who's your yeah, three? Yeah, I've then? got the Warriors at three. All right. I well, really like the Warriors. I think uh, a lot will depend on what they do this week. I think, again, purely on matchups, similar to you, I've changed this. I've got the Storm at three because I always seem to like us against the Broncos. I know it's a different Broncos team. I know a lot of these guys aren't, haven't been around besides probably Carrigan. Flagler on a handful for some of these losses, but I'm happy with the way things panned out. If we have any chance of a prelim or a grand final, it's this is the matchup I wanted. Yeah. So, and then I've got the Warriors at four. Yeah, I've got the the Storm at four. I, I'm looking at the bottom four this year, and I'm I'm thinking I don't really see a team making a run out well, of there, which I, is more often than not the times when someone actually does. I've got Newcastle yeah. at five, but exactly. And I was just about to say, yeah, I want to see it. I, I, I want to see it probably over a two-week period. Like, if they can win at home and then win away, because they're going to have to win away in week two, I'll believe. Yep. For me, honestly. They're going to have to play... They're going to have to play the loser of a a top-four loser away. If they win at home and then win away against a top-four team in a semi-final and win two finals on the trot... I'm in Newcastle. Well, your biggest thing on that other side of the draw for Newcastle, the Raiders, is you're going to New Zealand. You're not just going into state. Or Penrith. So, I think... You win, you're going to New Zealand or Penrith? The other way around. Probably the two the two most difficult places to play in the NRL. I think this year more than any, a loss here could be a bang-bang out the door for one of those teams. That's only my opinion, but I just so think... Who? I think the Storm or the Warriors could go bang-bang out if they lose week one. I can't see the Warriors losing at home in I, week two. I'd like to agree, but I, I don't know. Newcastle at the moment... Having been there, hot. having been there and then thinking about a final there... Yeah. Like, I, I think that's... Well, we're going to know this week, aren't we? Because like we said, they finished off a little bit flat. There's been talk this week about Tohu's oh, knee. No, man. But I'm hoping they ramp up this I week. I reckon the approach from but if Webster, they... the relaxed approach... Yeah, if they I throw... I feel like they're, they're backing up into the slingshot and they're about to be... I hope so. I really ...slung do. out of it. I, yeah, that's the feel I get. I and could I hope be completely wrong. And I'm, false. I, I'll admit. I hope that's false. Mean. But sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. There's been a lot of talk this week. That he's, okay, yeah. So I'm hoping that's not the case because he's... Very important for the Warriors team. Um, five, I've got the Knights like you. I've gone the Roosters at six. I think they can win this week. <clears throat> Who do they play? They play Cronulla. Sharks. I know it's at Shark Park, but what I saw last week, those errors they made, I know they don't do it every week, but they like to move the ball. No, I've got Cronulla. If they play that sort of game and make some errors and the Roosters get on top, I think the Roosters can get through to week two. Yeah, I don't see it. But then I've got the Sharks at seven. Uh, I've got Canberra at seven. I've got them at eight. I've got the Roosters at eight. I think uh, another suspension on top of the way they finished the year. Ricky, again, adamant that they didn't want them there. There's mm. been a lot of that sort of narrative in a couple of 
issues to finish off. I, I think for them, they've done well to find their way in with the way they finished up. And I was actually, I was angry at myself last week thinking, like, I think there was a bit of uh, pre-season bias in what we're all saying about South. Like, you just expect that they're going to come good. You expect that they're just going to flick a switch and go back to what they were in round 11 for the first 10 rounds of the season. The fact of the matter is they weren't that team. They hadn't been that team for 12 weeks. They were what they were. They showed us what they were, and we all just wanted to believe. I'm talking probably me and you know, probably half the people me too. who listen to but this podcast. I think that worries They me. just were not who they who they were, and we, we just trusted that they were going to get back somewhere near to that you know, uh, barnstorming start they had, and they just never got back there. Well, I think the big one that falsed everybody was they were on the slide. They had the rough origin period. Then they went to New Zealand under man in terrible conditions and got a really tough win. Yeah. So from that one, that sort of got me going, okay, and then they ease their way through a couple of poor teams where you're like, all right, they're just building. I think that sort of fed, fed mm. into that narrative where you're like, maybe, okay. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, but it wasn't until I was kicking myself, going like, it's the evidence was there. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, it's not were. to say they would have won the comp. They probably would have got barreled out early. I, know, I understand that, and that's not what I'm saying. No, I just think the, that you never understood. Well, they're going to fall in. I was trying to make another point though on what you, we said earlier in the year that we talked about our origin, whether people like it or not, can ruin a season because for them. They had three losses by six or less against Dogs, Raiders, and I forgot the other one I said to you before, and they were Dragons. They were in every one of those games, but they missed a multitude of plays. Yeah. One of those wins is the difference between them being in the finals and not being in the finals. Yeah. And it's not to say, oh, they're in, they're going to win the cup. I'm just saying, like, when you look at Origin sometimes as well, it can cruel your season. Yeah. If it's cruel to anybody, regardless of what happened off the field, there's three games there that the way they'll play in mid-year and put all those plays back in, they win. Yeah. So... That's that argument, like I said, with that 2020 comp, that it's the first time where I thought, well, this is the fairest comp you're ever going to get. I know some people are traveling, other teams had to relocate, this, that, and the other, but on a week-to-week basis, they only had one thing to focus on, club yeah. footy, nothing else. Yeah. And that's the first time it's ever happened. So, um, yeah, well, uh, that's our final power rankings and who we think one to eight in terms of chances to win the comp. Thank you again to the Penrose Solar Center. Um like I said, bugger those reviews because for the most part, you're going to get majority of the season review on that. Most of the results don't have a whole lot to do with it. So we'll jump in and do those now. Thanks to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby and the team there. Corner of York Road and Bat Street, 47600603, SinclairHyundai.com.au. It's getting to that time of year. It's nice and sunny in spring. Get out if you're looking for a new set of wheels and talk to Toby and the team. Um, right, look at this and some of our predictions said it to you before, it's, it's been a weird year. There was that sort of log jam in the middle, so a lot of the over and unders were off because they usually start low, a couple of really high and in between, but that log jam probably blew four or five of them up because it was so condensed. Yeah. So in terms of overs and unders, it's probably the worst year we've had. Both our picks for the comp didn't happen, didn't happen this year, so that's the first time, I think, the whole time we've done the podcast. We haven't had our team in the eight. Yeah. Um, our ladder's five from eight in there. That's pretty sort of not. We're usually around six. Average yeah. per year. Last year we picked seven, so in that regard, probably one of our worst in that regard as well. But um, what do you do? That's what, were the, over, what were the over unders? Over unders. Uh, oh, you didn't mention that. Sorry. So Brisbane, I went under. No, 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 no. What What were the numbers? Did you go through the numbers? Oh, what they were. No, how many we got each? Well, with that manly one that you said was a push because it was eleven and a half. Yeah. If you're going to give that both ways, because the bookie pays it, you give it. Yeah. I got seven. You got nine. 
out of 17. So you were just about 500. Yeah. I was under for the first time in a long time. The last couple of years, we've hit 12 of 16, so... Yeah, it just shows you she was a little bit different. I think the big one, like I said to you here, the difference between the high numbers and the middle numbers and then that log jam, some of these weren't even close. <coughs> um, yeah. But there was a few that were literally bang on. So, like, Tigers was well under. Titans, we were over under. That one literally got over the line by half a game. The Storm was by half a game. Um, the Eagles one literally went bang on the mark. Raiders was literally half a game. There was a lot there. Panthers missed out by half a game. Uh, of going over. 18 and a half, they hit 18. Um, so, yeah, there was a fair few from what we did at the start of the year that were yeah. sort of on the mark. But then there was a couple of really big... Like, so your Cowboys was 15 and a half. They didn't get close. Souths was 15 and a half. They obviously fell well short. So it's those ones that when you take them out. Yeah. Um, and then say like your Warriors. So the Warriors mark was eight and a half. I had them basically at eight. thought this would be more a building year. They've gone well over that. They smashed out of the park. They got 16. Um, and then your Parramatta is like another one that was a push. Bookies had them at 13 and a half. 13 would have been the mark. They got to 12. So Dylan Brown's 11, 10, 11 weeks out. Those couple of injuries. You sort of look at that one and go, well, they were pretty much on the money. But it's probably more circumstantial. It made him miss the mark. Yeah. But yeah, rough year in that regard. <clears throat> um, minor premiers, both Gornskis. We obviously talked about the Sharks draw and what they did early in the year, and they bombed a lot of results. Yeah, they did. They've ended up almost finding their way back to the four, but I had the Roosters. They obviously had a Barry Crocker and had to get in last game. Spoon were both on the Dolphins. We should have just all stuck with the Tigers, let's be honest. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I, I wouldn't take that one back. No, nah, and I guess the way they finished the year probably proved the point that we were worried about. They had a good start, but yeah. they ended up Oh, losing. it's credit credit to the players, credit to Wayne Bennett. They yeah. had a fantastic year. There that is, was a yeah. significant overachievement. Um, Slider, we both had the Eels. Just like grand final, I thought they'd come eighth. That's what I had them, but they ended up missing. You had the Eels as well. Tick. Improver, I had the Roosters. I can't say it's an improvement, but they're still alive, so I won't know until that's done. Your improver was Souths. That one's obviously gone. Dark Horse, I said Manly. If Tommy was there and things took off, they never took off. You've got the Storm. So I, I'd definitely say they're a Dark Horse that have slipped in to the top four. We didn't have them in the top four. Yeah. Um, point scorer, no. Both had Nico. Try scorer, I tipped up both the Sharks players. I think Mully got to 19, but that was knocked out of the park. Azarko got 24. You had Johnston. I think he got close in the end, but again, he... Not this year. And Dalian picks Cleary and Nico. Well, Cleary missed a bunk of football. Nico wouldn't have been banking too many points at the back end. I think who it's, had who? I had Nico. You had Cleary. Okay. So I think in that regard, I think you're looking at Ponga. It'll be interesting. Johnson, yeah. Haas. There's a couple of guys that sort of went on a run. It's going to be very interesting. It's the first time of this points system. So And one of the other ones for the first time. We're usually really good on our best bet. I cashed this one out personally myself when I looked at their draw. I had Sharks top four. I cashed that one out personally, yeah. but that didn't hit. You had South top four, so we both missed on that. Yeah. So, yeah. like I said, one of the rougher years, but a bit of unpredictability is always oh, good. Occasionally you get kicked in the nets. Ah, that's betting, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. That's betting. But let's do those reviews. You reckon we just go last to ninth? Yeah. Or do you want to mix it up? Let's last, go Let's last. go last to ninth. Let's do it that way, shall we? First one on off the rank. No surprise. Uh, it's the Tiggity Tigers. So they finished last. And as uh, a couple of friends of mine, especially one of my best mates who's a Tigers fan, said, just when you think you couldn't do any worse, they put an extra team in and we actually went backwards one spot. We mm. still got the spoon, but there were 17 teams, so we did get worse. Uh, <clears throat> they were last in attack, second last in defense. They used 30 players. Their away record, which is the thing I said to you a few years ago that I started to see a correlation between that and 
obviously being in the finals. One win away out of 11, uh, 12. Uh, prediction. That would have been Bathurst against Penrith. Yep. Of all games. So it wasn't really an away game. It was a oh, but, travel know, game. Of all the yeah. ones to go, that's probably the, no, that's that's saying, the one yeah. you would have looked at and gone, you got no fucking chance, and they won that one. But, yeah, crazy. Uh, prediction item 13th. I'm sorry I didn't have your one written down again, but. Well, I had him, I had him second last. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, and over under, we both hit that one. They were nine and a half. I have no idea how. We, they won four games, same as they did last year. The big question for a lot of people today is did they get better or are they worse? You never, you get, you got no idea. I'd say from situation, some of the contracts they moved on, some of what they brought in, some of the kids they've blooded, I'd say the squad's in a better position. I think your bigger issue is the same thing we've talked about all the time for them. Is the club in a better position? Mm. Off the field. Because well, this was supposed to be the big plan. Sheen's Benji, Farrah, Ferner, you know, Coruscant comes in, Papali'i comes in, Clement comes in, Bateman comes in, they pick up Staines. It's a fresh start. They go 0-7, pressure's on, they get the Penrith win. Um, they grab a couple more. They have the big win over the Cowboys. Three in that sort of six. There's promise and lots of good talk. And then all of a sudden, shit hit the fan again. Mm. McDonald, Sheen's right-hand man gets fired. There's talk of discontent between Sheen's and Benji and coaching agreements and the power's been taken off him. They hire Fulton independently of both of them. Benji's against Fulton. Sheen's ends up leaving on his own accord, but then you hear talk there's an NDA and... You know, he's out the door with a nice golden handshake and now it's Benji's show. So the Tigers do what the Tigers do best. Yeah. They're barely 12 months into a plan and um, things get a bit sideways. And then, then your summary of things like this is no different to, again, like they sign off a Hengawi player of the year last year to a new three-year deal and by the start of the season, he's not even the team and he's gone. It's things like that that make you look the Tigers sideways at times and just go, oh, how, how did things change so quickly? Mm. Um you know, they released Little. They tried to get rid of Brooks in the off-season. Then they reneged on it to let him go to Newcastle. Then they put a deadline on his deal and then wondered why he got the shits and left. They played games with Bateman's ankle at the start of the year, which I don't understand why. And probably the other big thing that a lot of people forget, salary-wise for what they've dished out the last couple of years, they paid Little 50k to leave, Musgrove 125k, and they still owe another 125k next year. They're going to be paying about 150 of off hand Gowie's deal until 2025. Hastings, 100k covered this year. Um, Gilda, still getting paid an extra 50, and Ken Marmola. So they got money scattered everywhere as well for contracts that they've signed and got rid of. So <laughs> a lot of them are off next year. One or two are going to be left over. But it's still throwing $1,000 almost out of your salary cap, which could get you another good player or get two kids in. That's true. So when you look at it and go, it's not a big deal, I go, well, <clears throat> the 300 for them, especially when you're paying overs a lot of times to get people, could be the difference, so... Are they cleaning things up? Well, again, if you keep starting every 12 months, it's, it's the hard thing to find. But, yeah, probably the biggest thing here, and we just feel like I repeat myself all the time, is it's more off-field than on-field that we talk about with the Tigers. That's the issue. You look at the on-field and I go, okay, Tupo, good, blood to silver, blood buller who's outstanding, Bolle progressed, Matamua probably didn't get as many games as I thought, Atasi late, Felidi got his debut, Tristan Riley... Tawa Tumeth, like you look at all that and think, well, this is what they talked about. Time and patience and then putting some veterans in, like Clamour, who was solid. I thought Bateman started slow but got better. Arpi was outstanding as always, as you'd expect. Um, they slowly grew around him, but whether he played half hooker, you know, he's a really good centrepiece to that. Like Papa Lee, I think, was okay, but I, I, I'm not surprised by that because when you hear all the talk that he didn't want to go and that he's already linked going back to Parramatta. Like, I don't know what you'd expect to happen when yeah, you hear they that. Just, they, don't, they don't have the pieces. No. To be effective, yeah. So and then... It's a work in progress, so... For next year, I guess that's It's that not is just question. a plug and improve. It's... You no. need to have the links with it, so... 
but persist with it. So upgraded Lachlan Galvin, another kid. Kitla Lilly played the last game. His brother, who's a fullback, also signed. They're trying to sign Heath Mason. <coughs> Brof the Fainus are coming, like you spoke about, um, giving a bit of an insight. Jaden Sullivan, I don't know about the four years. We know he's got talent. And then Caesar's a one-year rental to try and help those guys. Brooks gone for the first time. Dewey's ACL, he's almost going to miss the whole next season. So in terms of looking at their roster and what's coming in, you know, you're going to have a very young halves pairing, essentially, or one of the younger halves, and then I guess Latu's going to keep developing. Uh, but Cinderella's probably part of your, your first-grade plans, and then looking at the last few contracts they've got off here, Tukey Simpkins, I'm sure, is going to be moved on. Staines after what they had, and I'm assuming unless he's cheap. Moved on. Wakeham, um, Sakuru, <clears throat> Saifarth, and Christian Manamea, who they picked up from Newcastle a few years ago, ended all the way back down in Massey, so... I think with the deals there, Close most of them are gone. A cup games, that was it. You hear that they're still trying to move Bloor, Simka, Noffler, and a few guys that have got some time to go. So I think there'll be more movement. But your big question now is they've committed to Benji. Who are his assistants? And are they going to see this plan through? Because they've already made a change to the five-year plan already. Yeah, That's the big question. And will they give time for this to work? But if you're a Tigers fan, I, I guess it's the same thing as always. You're frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, you just you want to see... You want to see a plan articulated mm. and and not hear about a new plan every 12 to 18 months. Mm. That's probably the big thing. Um, a lot of calls again with Pascoe and the board, mm. this, that, and the other. You know, for Hadjip and Tellison, a lot of those guys, like they're putting time and money into it. So as much as people get frustrated, like without that, I, yeah. don't, I don't know how viable it is. I know they do well off the field. They've got the center excellence, this, that, and the other. But why they're there and tipping in and running the board, that's not going to change. Pasco, different story. It's almost a decade now, no finals and whatever progress. There's been a lot more talk around that. But yeah, we know that Morris is coming to help Benji. Is Furnace still going to be there? Not sure. What's Farrah doing? Don't know. But whatever this structure is, I think the biggest thing and the talking point coming into the back end was Benji and Fulton. If you're going to recruit and work together, I guess that's something they need to sort out. Or like we said, I think that needs to be sorted out, whether it's both are there or someone's gone. Because yep. you can't keep fighting long term if your recruit manager and your coach aren't on the same page. Yeah, when you're Again, trying to that's bring all people in, stuff that's in the press. So, yeah, I'd imagine that's things that have been worked on behind the scenes. I think the real highlight piece for this year for them at the back end was Buller, Jordan Buller. Yeah, he not only did he play really really well, but there was some real class in a team that you know wasn't doing that great. Clamoros tries hard. I think you took a man who stepped up a little bit after Origin, probably. Bit more physical, more of a leader. Uh, probably what you want to be seeing from him. Arpy and I think Brooks's little back end run there in that good period before his hammy was pretty good too. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, with those veterans, more kids, another off-season, and uh, whatever this new direction is, it's time and patience. But the key, like we said, is the club sticking to it and knowing it's the right thing. If they go bad again next year, pull the trigger again, sack all the staff and start the cycle again, like it's just going to be a never-ending washing machine. Yeah, we've spoken about so it's way too long. Let's move on. Dragons, 16th, 5 and 19, their record. 14th in attack, 15th defensively. They used 28 players. Their away record, surprisingly, 0 and 12. Didn't win an away game. Yeah. Uh, prediction, I had second last. That's where they came. Uh, I sort of felt, after watching them, though, that that shouldn't be the case. Their overrunner was 7.5. We both went under, so that was correct. But this was pretty much what we said at the start of the year. This was doomed before it began. The off-season award scandal, talk about Hook, players asking he's going to be there or who's going to go there. If he was there, they promised people he wasn't going to be there when they signed their deals. Yeah. And then to win really, really well, 
week one after the oh, sorry week two after the buyer, then literally after the good win, they come out and say he's reapplying for his job. They pretty much set themselves on fire before they even shot the starters gun. Yeah. Then it you know Hunt becomes discontented. Lots of close losses in the run. Him getting sacked, they lost by two six one two two. They were two and ten when he got sacked in round eleven. Carr comes in, I must say, made a, a big change in the attitude of things. They get that Roosters win. There's a couple of flogging sort of around the origin period, but back end of the year, it was a similar deal again. Against Warriors, Storm, South Seals, Panthers, lost by 6-6-10. Six, six, like they were right in every single game they pretty much played it. They so were. You look at them, and I give you those five results early and those five at the back, and you say out of 10, realistically, most of the time, you win two or three of those. To lose 10 with that sort of margin... I don't think they reflect their sco- uh, sorry their record really reflects where they are. No, for sure. but your bigger question is, and we already talked about this at the start of the year for them. They now they've got they know they've got Flanagan because off the back of the hunt drama, the hook drama, then the coaching drama where Douse didn't want him, they weren't after him, they wanted Rolls. Rolls got cold feet. They looked at Hasler, be Young, bloody hell! After the whole stuff around, they finally landed on him. He's in a great position here, where bar the hunt issue, it's going to be a clean slate. Most of those contracts are coming off. It's almost half of them off next year. Right now, he's upgraded a couple of kids. He's not done anything crazy. He's tapped a few blokes on the shoulder. Um, he's already got rid of Sullivan. They've talked that he's tapped Musgrave, maybe a couple others. But essentially, he's got 12 months here to more to start culture, work with kids, and get on the market. I don't think next year's going to be anything special, but you might see a bit of his DNA going to the side, probably more so defensively than anything. And then, yeah, try and clear out a majority of those deals. But your main ones, when you're looking at it, who's off? DeBellin, Sua, Amone, both the Fianes, both the Molos, Suli, um, Cody Ramsey, if he's crook or not, Ben Murdoch, Masella. I can see plenty of those guys get moved on. But I can also see with the way he likes to play, he'd be interested in a Sua. DeBellin, if he's still playing at the right sort of deal, like he's into that those sort of players. Gritty back row, hard work in 13. But again, cap-wise, depends what the number's going to be. Hmm. But Murdoch, Masella... You know, a few of those guys, what he thinks of a Monet. Moses Suli, I could see him moving him on. But I think there's going to be a lot of room to work there. Um, and then looking at the market for now, they've still got space who they could bring in on top of sort of the moves they've made. There's not a whole lot left over, to be honest. So people are going, well, who's he really signed? The only one they're bringing in is Harmay Seller, who was a local junior. But Good boy. Yeah, um, I like the boy. Looking at what was available... They could definitely deal with the back row. I know we keep saying it because we know a bit about him, but I can't believe someone like them or South don't look at Dane Akafalau with what he's been doing. Especially South. Like, look, the other day, they went through hosts and a few other guys, but I'm like, a team like that putting him next to Cody Walker. Yeah, I, I can't believe Newcastle haven't played him. Well, they put him in last week as <laughs> the night 18th. Mm. But I was like, I looked at the other day. I'm not what? sure why he'd pay for him to move and go out there and knock no. him uh, the other, probably only other one for them, like if they're looking for a middle that's been playing all right, they were, they were talking about Luke Thompson. There's talk now that he wants to go to the Roosters on a reduced deal, but again, it's going to be much reduced on the 800K I was interested in, but the market's very slim, let's put it that way. Yeah. Probably the only sort of player I looked at for them is a utility type forward is someone like a Bailey Syringer who's off, or a Hawkins if you want to back up half. you got New South Wales Cup player again. I think that's the second time. Yeah, last time. Yeah, he's off, off contract. To bolster yeah. his stocks in some spots like that. So it's a very slim market there. Very yeah, but for them, um, yeah, upgrade Finio, um, Savelio, Tamale, Suragunas, Young Bakra. It's it's going to be a building year. So unfortunately for Dragons fans, I can't see top eight in their future. But I know it's been a frustrating time. I think you got the right coach. Yeah, 
And I think it's coming in that sort of period, like I said, where if you've got half your roster off and you've got that sort of style where your bread and butter's defense, grit, and a bit of toughness, I think you'll see some positives in your squad and hopefully some good market moves. But yeah, this year clearly wasn't what you wanted and it didn't even get off the ground. Your big question mark, the only thing that's left over, I guess, is what happens with Ben Hunt. He said what he said about his staying. He's not going anywhere, but I'm sure that conversation was just muted until they finished up. Yeah. So what happens there is going to be probably the most interesting thing left to play out. Much dad? No, I'm looking forward to how they play under Flano. I'm looking more more to the future. I think it's good that Ben Hunt's going to stay. I think, yeah, like you said, the Griffin thing was inevitable. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, they, they probably should have just pulled the trigger because you'd heard enough in the off-season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your only issue there is, like we saw with the, the hiring process, who's to say they would have landed on him because they fucked around long enough to the point where Riles and a few others were like, well, I'm not coming. And they ended up back on Flanagan, who they probably should have just been with the first place. He was under their nose and they gave him three or four other titles like we spoke about when he was there doing the job. So if you're willing to give him all that responsibility, why wouldn't you look at him as head coach? Yeah, I can't answer just, that. I yeah. I right, moving on from them. The Bulldogs... 15th, 7 and 17, same record as last year. They were the second worst attacking team, but the most concerning thing is they're the worst defensive team in the competition. Um, they use the most players, 34, but realistically, if you look at the end of the year when he brings in Knight, Quay Ward, and chops guys out of his roster, it's extra bodies essentially from moves and blokes they've cut out of their team. So I know that you kept saying we use the most players, we use the most players. Well, that number's amplified a little bit when you're chopping blokes out of your side and bringing new blokes in. That's fair. Mid-season. Yeah. I'm just... I'm not trying to defend it that way, but yeah. Liam Knight. Um, there was multiple others. Upgrading Rajab, dropping Reynolds. There's a few blokes they brought in that regard. Quay Ward. Um, their away record, 3-9. and nine. My prediction was 12th. They come 15th. Overrunner was 11.5. We both went under. I thought that was way too rich for what they've gotten. One of the bigger issues that we said, like Stalia, you got some flash positions, but, you know, you look at the spine, we weren't sold on 1-7. and seven. That turned out to be a problem again. They went through a couple of ones. They went through multiple halves pairings. They had Burton move to seven at one point. Flanagan, not so much looked at, but they had Reynolds in there with him. They had Sexton in late. Aluapu, Rajab played a little bit there. Param, Avarillo, Rajab at one. Marnie was solid at nine, but had the questions like we said at the start of the year that I thought Marshall King was right under the nose the whole time. What he did up there, I'm, you know, probably a third or less of the money compared to what they paid for money. I thought they could have just kept what they had, not to knock Reed, but just, yeah, 700 plus for him, I think, a bit exorbitant. <laughs> Started the year really well, but at the back of the year, I thought, you know, the difference between winning and a losing team showed on someone like him. He was frustrated. He missed a lot of tackles. He was arguing with referees constantly. Kick out, missed majority of the year. Thompson didn't even get on the field with his injury. Um, a lot of stuff like that. And you look back to... The big point that a lot of people have talked about, like last year, Barrett moves on, roll through a lot of these contracts, roll a lot of guys out in less than 12 months of when they've got there, move on from Jackson, miss on a couple of guys, whether it be Marshall King, whether it be Amini, shop first year in a three-year deal gone, Arva six months in, New six months in, Davey round eight, Dufty six months in last year, Pele, they've tapped Reynolds in and out. Still talk about Fytala now. Sutton, three-year deal, one year in, playing cut and talk about him going. Focus is juniors, but Alamotti and Avarillo are both likely out the door. Um, and then I guess the last thing they really need is what's up in the last few weeks. Talk about this mental health situation, the shark bait with the player, Davey speaking out against Seraldo and the club in general, 
that can be taken differently by anyone um, in terms of that. And then a lot of players are murmuring, which again, I can agree with some of the talk from people around the club, which is, you know, they're obviously going to defend their club, that most of those people probably aren't going to be there or not have contracts moving forward and not happy. But it's still not a good look when there's noise coming from multiple places. Yeah. First year into what is a five-year rebuild. I totally get the whole thing that when you set high standards in a place that hasn't had high standards or had issues for a long time, you're probably going to ruffle some feathers. But some of the stuff that's come out, uh, I guess the proof's going to be in the pudding next year. That's more true. so about whether this is heading the right way. If there's similar issues again or more of this talk and, you know, probably one of the most concerning one where someone like a Braden Burns goes in with his manager to talk about an injury concern and stuff like that, that sort of welfare. That probably concerns me more if I'm a player. Yeah, definitely. Not like, you know, the other stuff, <laughs> don't know the player, me. don't know the situation, but my biggest issue here, not just talking about the spine, but the buying side of things and then recycling a lot of contracts. I think Burton's gone backwards, which again, what's around him, how they're playing, confidence, um, that hurts. Two years of Fox now on big money, you know, hasn't really been the greatest. You pay $500,000 to get Oluapu as a half, drop him all the way down to Flegg, which I know PR-wise probably a good thing if they win that. Now they're saying he's a lock, not a half. And then what they're bringing in next year is not addressing the same problem along with those spine spots we said at the start. I think their middle is getting worse next year. Yeah. And then middle is one thing they need to address. So currently contracted in the middle, Max King. They're in the washing machine. Chris yeah. Patolo, Sutton, Knight, and Pele. And Pele's been tapped and Sutton's apparently been tapped. Thompson, I doubt, will re-sign. There's talk, like I said, he wants to go to the Roosters. And other guys off contract, Samuel Hughes as a middle, Waddell, who they could use as a middle, and that's about it. So for the flash, they're bringing in and Crichton, who I'm sure will be awesome for culture, whether he's a center or a fullback. Salmon, again, sort of a utility player. Sherry, after two years off, what's he going to be? Taff, again, what's their plan for him? I don't know. Mm. But I still look at them glaringly and think for the edges, your centers, your back rowers, find a guy like Preston, etc. What are your middles? Pungo Jr. going and giving you 750k is a blessing, but I don't know how you're going to spend it. That's true. I know you true. can push money down the road, but that probably should be their focus. Hmm. Get more good players in. Try to develop your roster a little bit more. You know, their Mats team won. That's a long time away. If they can win with this flag team, that's a bit of positive PR, I guess. But you need to be pushing some of those guys in the cup next year. Um, but yeah, to be the worst defensive team in the comp, I think get worse as the year go on. I think they're worse team they were last year with what they would consider a better roster and concede 32 points a game. Um, I struggle to take many positives. The one real big positive or the one hit I think out of everything, a train and trial on a guy like Jacob Preston turned into a really good start in an all back row. Yeah, he did. Yeah, absolutely. That's a real positive. Mm. But, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, with him, Kikia, Crichton, Sherry, whatever they sort of work out with the spine situation there, Marnie, um, if Taft plays half or one and Crichton goes into the centres and they load up there, I don't know. But the the middle's still the real big concern. And in terms of, like they've said, the junior pathway is going to take time. It is going to take time. <coughs> and winning Harold Mats doesn't guarantee NRL plays either. No, it doesn't. So that's probably their biggest concern. Um, but four and eight start, and then, yeah, obviously finished up on the run home. Three and nine, and some of those blowouts, considering Serraldo and defence was the focus, I think that's a huge issue. Well, it just proves that it's as much about philosophy as it is cattle. So, mm-hmm. you know, with the best cattle in the league, he, he was the best defensive coach and probably with the worst cattle in the league, he was the worst defensive coach. So, so. Um, 
you got much more thoughts? Do you think they've gone backwards? Do you think a couple of those guys I are I find it really hard because they're, like I said, they're in the washing machine. They're turning players over. They had a lot of players play cup. Uh, they've had a lot of flag kids come up. They're just in that cycle. And I was at Penrith when, you know, they're in a similar situation and you're trying to buy both experienced players who can develop the young players, but you're also trying to buy guys that can help you win now. Sometimes when you go up, buy guys that you think can help you win now and then they don't, you need to find a way to move those contracts on because you're at the bottom of the table. You struggle to get them without signing them to lengthier deals and that's how you sort of get yourself handcuffed sometimes to to bad deals. It's just a difficult position. The player market's pretty thin at the moment. So I think there's a lot of things contributing to the situations that clubs like the Bulldogs, the Tigers and the Dragons find themselves in. Mm. And it's going to be difficult to get out of it. <clears throat> I think people give uh, the Dolphins a little bit of grace because they're a, a new team and players sort of go, you know, I wouldn't mind going there because I can see them on the up. They've got young players. And that's and probably the thing I was going to say to you. Considering <clears> these the three... The Dragons, the, the Tigers, Dolphins. the Dogs have all really... They've just been anchored to the bottom for a little while now. Mm. But you've got to show signs of something. <clears throat> the Dolphins, a lot of people who didn't go there like a big name, would be looking now going, you know what, that might have worked out all right. Yeah. But because they've laid such a good foundation and then they get your Herbies, your Fleglers, your Avrilos, if they build again next year, that's another team you're competing with. Exactly. Because people look and go, oh, they've got cap space, not a bad lifestyle, I'd rather go there. But for your dogs, I guess, yeah, you would hope to see a little bit of improvement or some signs of life. But I think all this negativity is the sort of stuff that hurts you when you want to jump back into the player market. A lot of their positive wins they've had so far are relationship-based from Gus and Sroda. So getting a kick out getting a Burton, getting a Crichton, taking a chance on a guy like Sherry, like a lot of the signings they've had there, either risk and reward type ones or they've been Penrith links so far. Yeah. There's not really an open market hit besides Reed Money, who was a Bulldogs junior and got off a double the amount he basically did at Parramatta. So, but yeah, without that sort of improvement or positivity there, like guys that are getting on the market, basically what you're offering them is money. Yeah. They're not looking at you for many other reasons at the moment. So, um, I don't know if they can scrap something in the middle of the year, but if not, and I've heard Gus say as much, if they can push money down the road, they will. So if next year they feel there's not much there and they just deal with what they've got again and push money the year after, yeah. they need to go big in the market. But particularly, I think middle is a huge hole. Mm. But I think, yeah, Preston, Ripper fine. I think Avarillo, when he got back to fullback, back of the year, had an impact. And I thought Karaz early was one of the best outside backs in the competition. But he obviously had the knee and then a back injury to finish. But uh, I think the biggest thing for them, when you like I said, you sign... Guys on good money, like Thompson's had a horror run while he's been there. Burns injured again, kick out missed majority, like, you know, Fox missing time. Pungai didn't start there, then up in Origin, that now he quits. It's But to finish off with all the noise around him, it's it's a mess. Mm. So for them now, you just want to get your off-season, quieten things down, and hopefully not have anything else come out and start next year positively. Well, I think Crichton started this year quite for Penrith, but looking at him, I think he's sort of turned into a leader more of a presence for them. I think they need more of that going over that, that side of the fence. Yeah. So whether it's one center, whatever he is, he, if him, Burton, kick out a couple of those guys can start pulling more in that direction. They're looking to try to go. There might be some positives. that gets more people to buy. And okay, that's on the up. Yeah. There needs to be something for them next year. Um, moving on from them, <coughs> Gold Coast Titans, 14th, nine and 15 record attack. 11th defensively, 11th players, twenty. Eight, was it, or six? What did I write here? My own bloody hand, right? I'm done doing me. 26 players mm. they used. Away record, 3-9. Predicted 13th. They finished 14th. 
Over under eight and a half. You went over. You got it by half. I went under. Missed by half. So they'll bang on the money. Uh, probably the biggest thing here, I guess, was the best kept secret. They were hot and cold. We certainly knew they could attack with defense. They were six and seven, went into the bye off the back of a good win, and they sacked their coach and got Desi Hasler. And from that moment on, you sort of wondered, all right, is that the end of the season then? Because usually when that sort of stuff happens mid-year, a lot of things go down the gurgler. They roll in and beat Brisbane, and you're like, well, maybe there is some signs of life. Maybe they should have waited, like we said, because of a tough draw. Injuries early, missing Brimson. A couple of guys were out. Um, they pulled the trigger too early. Don't know. They then opened themselves up with those coaching clauses. So we've had that race for eight weeks around Origin with Tino and Fafita. He's now got a 10-year deal. He's got a three-year deal. They've basically handed over $15 million over that period if it all goes to plan. Um, but I think here it's the same old, same old. Injuries, inconsistencies in the spine, inconsistency defensively. Um, their good is very, very good. Their bad's very, very bad, and they're still not settled on a spine. Yep. Yeah. And every time I look at their forward pack again, I'm like, Mo, Tino, Fafita, put some wall back in, Liu. They can't tackle. You know, Kelly's good in attack, but can't defend. Campbell, Brimson, you see Cam Pereira this year, like, there's so many positives, but like I said, we've said this a hundred times, until they learn how to defend and get that part of the game, it's going to yeah. be the same story every year. And they brought, the other thing here, like we talked about, you put pressure on uh, Holbrook. They brought Brett White up as the man from Canberra who's supposed to be huge on the defensive stakes and not much change there either. So I don't think it's all on the coach. Some of it's got to be partly on the players as well. Yeah. But there's been a consistent theme through the life of the Gold Coast Titans in that regard. Yeah, that's, that's what um, I keep saying. It's been... Yeah, and then Spine like, they bought Veros yeah. when Veros was healthy he was good but he had the same problem out at the Roosters Yeah, he had two major injuries and missed Foran held up pretty well considering um, when he was on the field he was good for you yeah. but yeah like you know same deal an investment in him is short term so I think next year with Dez the big question is what is my Spine so for me um, I know they got Boyd one year off the shoulder extended him he'd be out of my team or he'd be my 14 Jaden Campbell would be my fullback. I'd be pushing Brimson to six to play Fozzie for one year. And then it would be a battle between Weaver and Tanner the year after to move back in with Brimson. Yeah. But I, I just think Jaden Campbell's too good not to be on the field. Agreed. And you can't yeah, pay fullback agreed. money for him, Brimson, then sign that kid, Kinney, who they developed who they like. Like, you can't have three fullbacks in your roster on good money. I don't think so either. Yeah. So looking at what they've had in their spine, I'm like, best players in the best positions. Yeah. That's the way I'd be starting next year. And Verrill's hopefully... Knock on wood, healthy. Randall proved to be a solid backup. I thought he was pretty handy. Um, but it's the same principle all the way around. You know, Fafita's first half of the year, immense and poor day at the back. Tino was great all year. But Verrill's health, Foran, Brimson. Uh, probably the, the big thing at the end, I don't know if it was there for a bit, the Marju-Randall trade, I, I think they got a, a good backup hooker. But to look what Marju did at Newcastle, mm. um, how he didn't get more of a look in. But yeah, they've got some long-term contracts. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I just look at them and sort of think the same thing every year. Well, put, they're going to see yeah different coach next year. Put for more one comp. Yeah, put for more back in like Tino Mo Fafida for more Liu with Verrills, Foreign Campbell Brimson Sami Kelly. Like I look at that and go, that's a great one to thirteen. But can he instill the other side of it? And we know he likes to work hard and he's a bit kooky and crazy and. Get a couple more guys, but there's more than enough talent there to be playing top eight football. 
Yeah. But that other side <laughs> of the ball just never seems to develop. No, it doesn't. So, yeah. And let's hope that investment now, again, in those two players, doesn't bite him on the ass. Fafita certainly proved the point this year. Yeah, he did. He was close to the best back row on the comp. Tano was huge again. Um, but yeah, good to see him. Mo, Foz, or Sami was great for you guys, um, etc. But what happens with Lenahan? You come in, he was a long-term Queensland Cup. Coach, Bears, great success. Part of that sort of pathway. I thought he did a pretty reasonable job in the takeover. Yeah, he did. But I, I agree. Yeah. Whether Daz wants to bring a whole new staff, how much control they've given him, I don't know. But he's been a bit of a fixture there the last few years, so maybe he gets to stay on. Um, but... Yeah, I guess they can take the positives again in the attacking side of the football, but until they get the other side, it's just the same old, same old. Yeah. So, off the Titans, Dolphins, 13th, 9 and 15. 12th in attack, 13th defensive. They used 32 players, no surprise. 4 and 8 away. Prediction, obviously, Spoon, 13, 13th is where they went. Over, under, 5.5, under, 9. But I think it's plain and simple, given the time to set up. The whole situation, one year prep, um, they did a fantastic job in all regards. I think they won over people in the area. They won new fans. They certainly played well and had a style that was appreciated and respected by all. Their jerseys and they like the late that kit and up the fins and the whole theme, the way they built it from a marketing perspective, a membership perspective, like just all around. I think they for them, if they sat and reflected on everything they wanted to hit, they'd tick every box this year. Great job. Um, and then on the field, more importantly, Started three in a row. Wayne Bennett, no surprise. Simple and efficient. Complete high. Defend well. Go deep into games. Rely on your veterans. Play off your key players. And we'll get wins. And they did. And even up until that Brisbane game there. And where they were at a point where they were seven and five. And you're like, man, they're in the run, run for the finals here. But what we were waiting on is what we talked about. Depth. <laughs> testing. And it really fell apart around origin for them. Gilbert goes in, gets hurt. Hammer misses some games, gets a bit flat. Felice got wiped out for eight weeks in suspensions. You take a few guys out like that. Sullivan's injury early really hurt. He was playing fantastic football. As soon as those few holes get exposed and you start reaching for depth, having to play guys like Valtavare, Katara was always going to be a long year for a kid. Bostock, developing Lemuelu, Graham late, Teague early, Donahue who's come from fleet to that. Like when that's sort of the back end of your roster and bringing a guy like Plath in to play some games, you know what's going to happen. Hmm. Uh, I think on the flip side, though, cap off again to a guy like Wayne Bennett for sort of some outcasts. Like Jermaine Azarco was a gun and then had a few bad years and everyone was off him. Para Titans, Brisbane, he was going everywhere last year. Top point scorer, top try scorer, close to the best winger in the competition. Yeah. Like Aiken played some good footy. You know, Wallace, as much as I think at times he's a self-appointed halfback, played some pretty good football. There was a few guys there that went there with a point to prove that did a job for the Dolphins and really bought into what he was trying to sell year one. Um, and probably one of the more underrated pieces, but again, it's something about some players with Wayne Bennett. I thought Cody Nicarima was really good for them. Yeah, he was. So uh, there's some positives, but yeah, I think you look at them. Back end, you get tired, you get those injuries, especially Gilbert was a huge one, but Sully long-term. Marshall King, I thought was their best buy up until he didn't get injured. He was excellent as well. Um... The big thing there, like a couple of those veterans, you know, Jesse, Kenny, they got a bit worn out at the back end of the year. Just lacked that punch and too many kids, which is what we sort of thought. But the positives in the buy-in led to them getting Flegler, led to them getting Herbie Farmworth, Avarilla, hopefully that knee's not too bad. They said it's not ACL, likely PCL complex. I don't know what part of the PCL that is, but it's less important. Yeah. But if you bring those two in to your centers and Flegler into your forward pack, 
and then get some improvement out of those younger names we just mentioned, like your Lemuelus, your Teagues, your Harrisons, etc., and build up your depth a bit more. They'll be straight back into the market next year. Yeah, spot on. Your big yeah. question for them, and I haven't really said this much to you, but I, I wonder, would you be worried if you were signing there next year knowing that Wayne Bennett's going? No. And that's not a knock on Wolf, no. but looking at the club, looking at Wolf and the way he sets things up, would you be less attracted to the team knowing that Bennett's going to be gone in 12 months? No. No. Well, that's a good thing not, Well, yes, yes, if they had a shocker this year. Mm. But based on... But I only thought, yeah, for recruiting reasons next year, I wonder if it's going to if hurt. If they start slowly, it might. Because it's going to be Wolf, obviously, not Wayne who's doing it. Mm. Or he might be a part of it, but they're saying he'll be on the staff. But I've got a theory later on, which we'll get to when we get to South. So, uh, But for him, what a job <laughs> in such a short period. Him and Peter O'Sullivan did outstanding. Fantastic job. Um, 900 games too. The wily old fox that went over the Sharks. What a ridiculous record. But like we said, Origin hurt. They got to Origin that period at seven and five. They finished the year two and ten for their last twelve. Mm. So that really took a toll. But Gilbert Hammer Sullivan's injury, like I said, when that sort of hit right there and really started to stretch them and test them, it got ugly. Issue. So excellent year from the Dolphins side of things. Good on them and what they did. Uh, that's another another one down as we move on from the thirteenth place team, the Eagles, mate. 12th, 11, a draw and 12 losses. Attack 10th, defensively 9th. Players used 30, away record 5 and 7. Predicted 10th, come 12th. Over, under was 11.5. So like we said, split or a push. So that pays. Mm. Bang on the money by the bookies. Either way. Um, I guess you can look at this a multitude of ways. New year. Big clean out for the club, a lot of noise in the off-season because obviously those factions that have been there for so long, you got Hasler and his people, you had the Fultons, um, his performance staff, all within a year, you know, they were all gone. Clean out of that, Mezstroff comes in, he puts Seabold in, brings Flanagan and Dimmick and the last sort of part there was obviously Scott who moved early in the year to the Tigers. That all sort of quietened down um, in terms of who he brought in first year. A lot of it was already done before he got there. Roster-wise, there was moves during the year, I guess, to get Arthur, get Woods in. Um, you got Condon late in the off-season. Dash on a train trial, like Johns, Lodge. Matter. Uh, so most of those were late or upgrade-type deals. He didn't have a great influence on signings. But I, I think the big thing for them was early, there was a lot of promise. That, spe- that was so physical against the Bulldogs and Melbourne and that near the draw with Newcastle and the one point lost to South where you sort of looked and there was a lot of hope. But then from there, it started to yo-yo. Week to week, you saw games where they were just brutal and physical. Then there was times it was quite ugly. Tom struggled up until that Canberra game and hit it out of the park. And then the same thing happens as seems to have been happening every year. About mid-season, he gets ruled out. So from there, it got worse. Reshuffle. Schuster and the halves didn't really work. His year was... Pretty ordinary, his effort being dropped, coming back in. That instability, outside-back instability. They rolled through some different centers and outside-back combinations. They never really sorted out that other edge. Like, you had DC, Olakowatu, reliable all day, but, um, you know, you had Parker, Kula, multiple guys sort of roll through. Garrett coming for a bit. Different wing sort of pairings as well. Um, I think... When you look at it, it was a bit of the same old, same old. Cherry Evans was the best by a country mile, but you're reliable. 
Olukowatu is very, very reliable. Maybe flatten out a little bit during the year. Croak is always solid. And there was some signs from other guys like Garrick before he got hurt and uh, forward injuries late, obviously, to Paseca, Aloe, and inconsistency on that other edge sort of messed with him a bit. But finished on a positive note with a couple of wins. They're bringing in some players, trying to make some moves, as we know, uh, roster-wise. There's talk this week that they've tapped Fulton, Tuolagi, Weeks, Condon, Lawton, a few guys to try and move a bit more on and have a bit more impact. Um, question marks on Parker. Can they keep Woods? But I, I guess you're looking at next year and thinking from this, can you build with Brooks going to the halves, Paseca, LOA, Toff, back into your pack, mixing with Ola, and can you fix that other edge with Schuster to make your pack better defensively and in attack? Well, yeah, it's all things that need to be addressed in the off-season. But the fact of the matter is they're a, you know, a win away and a golden point away from playing finals. So considering that you had your number one player out for half the year, I think it's it's a pass mark, definitely, for the season. Mm. And it's a big year. Disappointing, no no doubt. Like Particularly, like you said, the way that they started and that performance against Manly at Brookvale. Uh, they also smashed up Parramatta in a similar fashion early in the year to what they did Manly at uh, to what they did Melbourne at Brookie as well. So, yeah, the season certainly started with a lot of promise and that, yeah, the dip probably correlated with some injuries and then players going out for origin as well. So, mm. uh, but, you know, that's the, that's what happens when you've got good players. You're going to lose them to origin. So, yeah, we sort of need to work out how you're going to best combat that with your depth and, you know, New South Wales Cup, we did extremely well. We first, Blacktown team to make the finals. So the depth was certainly in a better situation than what it has been in previous years. Um, yeah, I think there's also a lot of young kids there, a lot of guys that are just ticking over 50, 100 first grade games. So with a lot of their, probably their best footy in front of them. And I think there's a lot of optimism at the club at the moment that, you know, those players are going to get better. They're going to be able to bring in, you know, hopefully some better players and have some of these recruits hit the mark and, you know, a win or two more and you're playing finals footy. And, um. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, you're probably looking at your season a little bit differently. So that'll be the goal definitely for next season. Well, I think Brooks is a, br- a brilliant in to join Chelsea. <coughs> um, definitely. Tyler Paul, oh, I can give or take. I think they're more depth signings, to be honest. I don't really look at two of them as bona fide week-to-week starters at the moment. They haven't proven that. Um, but depending on that Tommy situation, like I said, if they need to manage him a little bit, if he was to go to the centres, cooler was to be at one, and then you build the rest of it around Garrick, Tui Pilotu, Saab, etc., and Schuster works in the back row with Ola, Jake at lock, Paseca, Alo, Toff, and that sort of rotation, I think you've got a pretty good 1-13. to 13. Mm. But it's the same question we always have with Manly. 1-13, to 13, what have you got after it? And because they're top-heavy for a little while there, it's always been a bit of a question of depth. So, well, huge, certainly there this year. Huge year next year for Schuster. 
yeah, to sign that deal. Everything that's sort of happened now, it's a bit odd, and now be moving back into the back row. Big year for him. And obviously, like I said, big year for Tommy after all the injuries coming into a, a year um, off the back of that and how that works with reps. You know, other ones there, like I think Harper, Boyle, the two finals we now are going. Vega, Bullimore, Weeks, Humphreys, Champcon, Tong, Madison. They're sorting out sort of a lot of guys now spot-wise, but I think most of those look like or have been spoken about to be kept. Kept. Um, I think looking at your team, and you know more than me, if Clayton Fulwala is not there or somewhere else, I'd be very surprised. He has to be going into someone's top 30. Yeah. And I think the only other thing here, just from how things finished, I don't know if there'll be pressure per se next year, but given what the club did and the fresh start, I wonder if they have a similar year next year, what the situation would look like for Seabob. But oh, again, I think he's... That's, I think he's that's a question to see how things This go. year, I think a lot, a lot, as I said, was dependent on the fact that the roster was essentially formed prior to his appointment, and then you lose your best player of half the year. Uh, and then you have, yeah, the, the issue in the halves. Like, so Brooks will come in. Mm. You'd like to think they're going to improve. Yeah, if, if they're not going to improve, he'll be putting as much pressure on himself as what anyone will be externally. So, yeah. But the club internally is in a good place. And, and again, hoping he can lock down that other back row. It's a good coaching staff. It's, it's a good um, coaching staff. Yeah, well, Flanagan obviously um, moves on, so I'll bring in someone there. Yeah. But, yeah, that'll be interesting to watch you too. Um, and what they bring in, and especially the, I'm really interested to see Brooks play with Cherry. I'm excited about that. Yeah, really yeah. interested to see that one. It'd be really, really cool. But yeah, there was uh, excited for what it'll do for the team, but also excited you, for Luke Brooks. You said Cherry won Player of the Year last night. He won Players Player and Player of the Year. Yeah, that's yeah, He was excellent. Was like I said, besides him, Croak is always solid. In there, Garrick was good. Olaquado had some really good games. Um, yeah, there you go. Moving on from Manly. Cowboys, 11th, 12-12 and 12 record, 9th in attack, 10th defensively. They used 31 players, 4-8 and eight record. I predicted that they would be the premiers. That's obviously not going to be the case. They're Gornskis. Well, their defensive record tells you everything you need to know. Exactly, and that's the big point I got here. 15 and a half was the over. Uh, we were both over. They got 12. Huge letdown, and I think it was summed up by Peyton in his press conference on the weekend where he said, like, a game like that, 17 tackles inside our 20, they scored five times our whole year. That was just it. Yeah. Defense the year before, ruthless line speed, awesome player one-two, great for marker, great on short sides, great inside pressure, good on their goal line, like, just all the basics and fundamentals of D, good contact, good at finishing tackles off, good kick pressure. There wasn't a thing they did wrong. Their whole game was based off that. And then on top of it, as the year went on, their attack built, quality edge back rowers, Nenai bringing Luciano late, Lukey. You know, they just had points of difference to make up for probably not having the most crash hot spine where Chad's an organizer, Tommy's a runner, Drinky's a runner, but gradually turned into the probably the playmaker Robson's a runner. But this year, I think they fell flat on a lot. Um, I will, like I said at the start of the year, defend a little bit that off the World Cup, they did have some injuries. Cotter missed some games. Murray... Nanai, Leilua was obviously on stand down until cleared. Lukey off his injury. But you, you get the two and five start like a couple of these teams that we talk about missing, and it's, it's a battle uphill. Yeah. Then they got hammered by Sharks after they got a couple of wins. They looked like they were gone, and then they started that small little run. They had 
the win over the Roosters where you thought there's a good glimmer of hope, smashed by the Tigers by 66. And there again, you're like, oh, all right, now it's really, really in danger. But then they rattle off the run of Storm Panthers South, 74 nil back the other way, Manly Eels. And you're like, it's all the teams rounding above you, six in a row. Here they come. The D's are looking better. The attack's starting to lift. All these guys that had been injured or flat from the World Cup, Nanai, Tulagi getting picked up by Origin, Cotter, did and etc. Like it all looked like it was on the up. Drinkwater season was huge. He was the consistent yeah. number one. I know they're still talk why they let Hammer go. Like, well, it's simple. They both want to play fullback. They chose which one they wanted to have. You can argue either way, but it's a no-win situation. Yeah. It's like they shouldn't let him go. I'm like, well, Hammer didn't want to play wing. They picked their fullback. They went with Drinkwater. I think either way, you get a pretty bloody good player. Yeah. But I can understand why they chose Drinkwater. Let's, agree. Yeah, agree. So, agree. I think both sides are better for it. Like, but yeah, the guy, they, they shouldn't have let him go. So you don't win. Like, yeah. He's not happy being a winger. You can't have him. He was going to leave. So, you know. Um, yeah, it's just all that sort of stuff. But the, yeah, I think he really hit it on the head with the D. I think him and Dearden, particularly with the two that had a good year. Like, But even Val, like he started the year poor. Really lifted Origin mid-year, then that late suspension. And it all sort of went downhill. Then I hurt his shoulder. Lukey missed some time again. It, you know, Chad, his year this year, and Hicko and a couple of guys that found a, a really good year this year. Their standard dropped, like he dropped felt late. Tama missed six or eight weeks, and it wasn't a great year for him. I thought McLean was sort of average. I think the big one that I thought they missed, particularly their forward pack, was Gilbert. Yeah. He was a real, probably underrated piece. They still had a ridiculously good forward pack, mind you, but... That sort of toilet, I think maybe they thought, well, with a cotter and that and what we've got here, we've got enough quality. But I guess sometimes when you've got people like him or one or more than one of those guys, it makes a hell of a difference. Um, but a great find, I thought, in Chester before he hurt his knee, how he ends up playing long-term, I don't know. And hopefully he comes well off the ACL. And then late in the year to find Finiaki, Fuiaki, like that's another back row. He looks promising for a 19-year-old. Yeah, he really does. Labert. Um, <laughs> and then they got... The kids, like we said, I, I think next year is probably my big question mark. If Chad, I don't know if Chad's going to be there. I know they said he would, and they weren't going to go for Brooks, but I heard talk that Flanagan was interested and he's keen for Sydney. It really wouldn't surprise me. Clifford's coming back on a one-year deal. Strange as it sounds, he was in a bad space. He played really good footy before he left there with Peyton mid-year. He didn't want to let him go. He even said as much, and now he's coming back. So him... Duffy and Burke, they're two kids, they're Aussie schoolboys. I think there might be a bit of a contest for the jersey next to did next year if they make a move with Chad. But again, that's just me. More looking at it. And what I've heard recently, it may not happen. But mm. find it a bit strange you've been Clifford back and you've got both those kids and you've got Chad and you've got Did, and that's a lot in your halves. True. So I yeah, if they went that way, maybe he thinks he can rekindle what he got with Clifford. He got the best out of Clifford for that period before he went. Yeah, he's still only 24. Mm. He's young. People forget that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the only real one off and contract... tip in, tip out, I think would be a good thing. Yeah, I think the other contract that's there, like they're saying McLean, it's not done, but I look at him and go, well, you're a good first grader, but you're a bit older. You've had some injuries. Like To get good money, you're going to go to a bad club. Yeah. I don't think there's any real big club that would have the sort of money he's after right now anyway. So I think his situation where he is is his best situation. Market for a guy like McLean, like at this point, I don't know, 400. I think that would be pretty reasonable. 
Yeah. I think five would be max five and that's pushing much. it. No, five's too much. But that's my point. Like, I'm sitting yeah. here going, well, if it's about dollars Four's and cents, right. yeah. I don't really know what he would be thinking he's worth because, you know, if he was to ring a Melbourne or a Roosters owner right now and go, I'm keen to come, cap-wise, team-wise and where they're at, I don't think any of them would have much more for him. No. So if they're up there and they're around that sort of mark and he's in a good team, I don't know why he wouldn't just stay where you are. That's fair. Because to get more or get that 500 we're talking about, it's going to have to be a Tigers or a Bulldogs or an if that's what they want. So, I, yeah, that one surprised me that's been held up. But they're basically going to have a very similar side, but with upside and those few players in the halves. All those guys, hopefully, after falling flat, and he said the World Cup may have not been a great thing, maybe ego-wise for a few of them. Maybe this is a bit of a reality check. That it doesn't come that easily. Um, but, yeah... Hampton, Brendan Elliott, Shibasaki, like they got most of the ones off contract aren't really major. So I think their window is still sort of open for a year, but it's how they choose to respond and grow. Yeah. That's the big question. And then, yeah, the spine, if Chad's still there. Um, but yeah, Viliami Vallejo, I think that's a great swap for Hiku if he hits his best football. Agree. Yeah, very good. Sport. Super young, really promising. Labert showed some good signs at the end. Like they got more kids. They've won the last two flag comps. They're just going to keep producing. That's going to be their hope to be a bit of a Penrith, except up there, obviously, because a lot of their boys. Don't like leaving because it's a much bigger thing to leave Townsville or North Queensland to move to another club than, you know, moving around Sydney. It's not a drive. Yeah. So hopefully for them, that's a real positive. But overall, yeah, I, it's it's all about internal growth for them and a bit of reflection. I think that's a hell of a roster still. Yeah. Agree. Disappointing season. Um, Eels, 10th, 12 and 12, attack 10th, defensively 6th. 30 players, again, decent number like the Cowboys when I read 31. That's a lot. Um, Eels were 5 and 7 on the away. Predicted that I had an 8th. They come 10th. I think he had a ninth. so it's pretty much around there. Over-under was 13.5. I went over, you went under, so you were right. Um, yeah, I think I had a ninth. I, th- I think they're sort of similar. Off the grand final, Papali'i, Marnie, Murata, Oregon... Opacek and only played a small part, and then have like a depth goal like Perham in their squad. Everything that went out early on, they were just sort of behind the eight ball. Hodgson was a risk, which is why they did the option on the deal. He got injured; it didn't really work. They didn't trust their bench at all at the start of the year. He was playing Paulo and Campbell Gillard seventy minutes a game. Lane had one edge lockdown. He rolled through Murchie, Dury, Momosia, Cartwright. Like Cartwright, to me, was clearly standout, but it took him a while to hand in that responsibility. So not settled on the edge, not settled on the bench, not settled at nine. Start, storm, sharks, manly, panthers, roosters, you're one and four. Losses by four, 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 eight. Like, it, it's all, again, like the Cowboys, it's all at the start. Mm. And just sorting those spots out. And then on the back of that, they got back to four and seven, had that huge win against South in round 12, ripped off five in a row during origin under duress and have a Moses and Campbell Gillard injured. But then the rest of their year was just instability. Lane, who was a real key piece to the Premiership team, barely played football. Dylan Brown getting suspended at a critical time, cost him 11 games. Moses missed late. Maddo missed early. Campbell Gillard, between injury and suspension, almost missed half a season. They chopped and changed in their outside backs. Um, you know, Wonga Blake in and out. Simonson played center wing. Sebo was suspended a couple of times. Like, take your pick. It was just uh, any time it seemed like something went right, something went wrong. Yeah, and I'm not blaming that purely, but I don't think there could have been more go wrong. Sort of felt that, but that was hence the preseason prediction. Just lost a few players, and then thought there would have been a bit of a dip. I felt like they tipped everything in. Yeah, the the year before they they were knocked out in the COVID finals, 
by Penrith in like a such a tough game. Yeah. Tipped everything into the off season. Got to a grand final, got beat. Yeah. Got hammered. Cap decisions. And then yeah. Probably got I thought from a, a roster wrong. perspective slid slightly. And then yeah. I I said it after about two or three weeks, I thought, you know what, like they might miss the eight. But I feel like I've got my prediction wrong because they're actually playing better than what I thought they would. Considering what they had to go so, through, I thought, yeah. When you're talking about performance and result, I thought their performances were probably above where I expected them, but their results were probably where I expected them. So I think some positives to take out with all the instability, whether it be injury, suspension, they found a good 13 in Hopgood. I think Cartwright really proved to be a hell of a back row and more what we've been waiting eight or nine years to see. If Lane gets healthy, I think you got your back row sorted. you got your 13. You know who your front rowers are. You know, Madison, whether you use him off the bench in that middle rotation. Weary McGreg had a really good run at the back end there before he got injured too. Yeah. So I don't know if they've locked him in, but I sort of looked at it and thought between that and working out their back line at the end of the year, if they don't upgrade at one, which was a weird thing during the year, talking about getting impact one, next year you're probably looking at Gutherson, Russell and Siva on the wings, Simonson, Penasini, Brown, Moses, Campbell, Gillard, Paulo, Lane, Cardi, Hopgood, and then the bench is probably Cartwright and Grigg, and then you figure out the rest. But nine's still a question, and they're still lacking a few middles probably. Yeah. So internally, does that come from a Rodwell or a couple of the other guys? Off of Higgy Ogden, Makatolo, who they've sort of rolled, is that enough? But I think they've worked out the majority of their third end. They definitely need to buy some OBs. They tried to get Smith Shields late. Wonga Blake, I have no doubt, will be gone. Um, that'll free up some cash there. But, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for them, Campbell Gillard, Lane, Moses' face, Gutherson's knee suit, they, they just want to clean off-season, know when you're at football, have a proper break after a couple of busy years, come back and try to try to pick up a few players. Hooker's probably the other one. Like, Hands and Lustig are now on the book to 2025. Like, is that really, you know, enough? But then I looked at the market, there's no one available. Turpin's like one of the only off contract hookers yeah that's interesting so like unless you're getting someone from elsewhere um looking at middles like I said again who you go buy there's not a whole lot out there there really isn't probably the biggest thing I've seen off market right now he's not signed but I'm sure the Roosters will get him Billy Smith's off contract if I'm a club with any money like I know it's probably going to be hard to get him because they've stuck by him and apparently he's still been on about 200 250 which is pretty good for a guy that has barely played footy for three or four years yeah I'm if I'm a club and I've got any money, and I'm taking a risk, obviously, but quality on return, like when I talk about a team that needs OBs, I'd throw the, have a throw at Billy Smith. Yeah. But then I look at a guy like Perham. They let him go. He went at the dogs. I thought he's been pretty serviceable, but if he's another one they're looking to shelve back out, I'd bring him straight back in. Like they're guys that are valuable when you're 30. Good uh, options, but you know, even like a Marwan Harati, I think he's a long-term vet that's been... Like the Sharks and South, like they, they need to shore up a few OB spots to some depth. Yeah. But again, middles, I don't know where you find them. Like we said, that's a very thin market. They've already released Murchie. Dury, they signed to 2025. That really surprised me. Momosia, um, I don't know whether he will still be there. But the market for middles is just as slim as what I've talked about the OBs. Yeah. The only real name I saw there was like someone like a Moroa, if you get him for value. But they've already had him there. He left there. And having been to rugby and been to Melbourne now, I don't know whether he'd go back somewhere like there, but the market, again, extremely slim. So mm. um, it'll be internal, if anything. And 
Arthur, I wonder if next year there's a bit of pressure. He obviously took up his option. He's extended to 2025. Um, interested to see how that plays out next year. Yeah, again, it'll just be... Uh, I know I know a lot of Para fans are disappointed, but this is one of the ones where, honestly, I can look at it and go, that they did face, <coughs> face a lot of uh, hurdles along the way. Some self-inflicted, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But between injury and suspension as well, it wasn't a great year in that. So they hit 12 and 12, if you really look at what fell their way and what didn't. I don't think it's a bad result, really. I know off the back of a good no, final. No, I agree. Fans will be like, you're fucking kidding yourself, but that's just my... And the last one we've got here, South Sydney. Probably the biggest shock, along with the Cowboys, to everybody. 12-12, and 12, finished ninth, ninth in attack, eighth defensively. They used 29 players. Their away record, though, and funnily enough, half their home games were away, was 8-4. So when you look at that, 8-4 and four away should be a finals team. Yeah, sure. That's be. like second, I think, on my away records. Sorry, that's third. So them and the Warriors were eight and four. Panthers were nine and three. The Broncos have the best away record, eleven and one. There you go. Mm. So when you look at that, you go, well, there's what probably should have been close to your top four. <laughs> the top eight teams that I got here, there's only one team in that top eight with an away record that did make the finals. That's South. Yeah. Everyone else is in there. Uh, the Roosters, the only one just outside at five and seven. So. Again, it was only a random one I picked up on a few years ago. I thought, well, it's pretty important winning away games. Yeah, it is. Cowboys last year got in winning eight or nine, but you know, I know they didn't travel a lot, but it was a huge part of their season. They won on the road a lot. Fuck, mm. uh, where do you start here? Overs under, I had them fourth. They finished ninth. Overs unders was 15. We're both wrong there. Had the two and three start. I know it's sort of up and down, but then they roll off six in a row. They beat Storm, Broncos, Panthers. They're eight and three. They're equal first, and all the stuff we said at the start of the year. We saw defensive grit. We saw them willing to get into a cycle. We saw them willing to play yardage. They balanced out their left and their right. They weren't just left side heavy. They found a back rower in Kalamatungi, and Ilias's combination was building there, and things were looking real positive. Campbell Graham hit new heights, and Cook linking up with the spine and things firing and didn't matter if it was Arrow, Cartwright, Chi, Host or whoever on the left, like Cody was just shelling peace. Tass, him, Johnston. Um, but then Origin really like hit them like a sledgehammer. Really got them good. Yeah, it did. Like first game, they pulled trail. They've admitted themselves afterwards they rest him longer than what they should. So even that's probably a bit of that self-belief that we talked about where they thought maybe they were just going to fall in, but they, they gave him essentially an extra three or four weeks. So that you're talking about when you, your best player or when your highest paid player is missing almost a month just because you hmm. was sort of basically trying not to give him to the origin team. And then he gets suspended at the end. So he essentially missed half the season. But the one that really hit afterwards, and I think it's underrated, they had a bad run with middle health. J.R. only played 14 games, like around origin injury. Tatola wasn't healthy all year. He missed a lot of games or played half-busted. Tommy between suspension, a couple of injuries. They never settled on that other edge. It was Host, then it was Chi, then it was Jed. <coughs> it was Arrow that went back to Host. They played Chi the other night. Um, and then obviously during that period, those three losses that I spoke about. Canberra, 33-26 during Origin. Dragons, 36-30. Dogs, 36-30. And you look at those ones there going, well... Full strength team, not origin affected. They win probably all three of those. Yeah. So that's not to defend why they missed because there's certainly a lot more to it. But that period certainly had an impact. Um, and then what we obviously didn't see bubbling around to the surface is all the stuff that came out at the end of the year. 
and it was probably masked by the fact that even during Origin, they lost and everyone had worry, and then they went to New Zealand. I think the one that really hosed it all down was winning that really tough game, 28-6, under strength. And a lot there were like, oh, okay, everything's fine. But it bubbled away, bubbled away, beat the Dragons, beat the Tigers, a couple of easier ones again. And then as every week went, we're like, all right, they should beat the Sharks, they should do this. And like you said, it wasn't until everything sort of hit the surface and there was the leaks coming to the media that, you know, Burgess or Morris and Demetrio and all the stuff we've already talked about, were they behind his back? Was he in with the players? Did he challenge him and not agree with him? But, you know, because he's an ex-player, like he really, really vehemently disagreed with it and just couldn't let it go. Like Whatever the story is, it, it certainly had an impact on this season. Yeah. And def- then, well, it definitely did. Not to defend again, but watching the other night, I will be honest, a few of them did not look healthy. Kalama Tungi almost went down every time he ran the ball the other night. Mm. Campbell Graham's <laughs> been getting needled in the chest since middle of the year. Like, I, I, how Cameron Murray keeps moving with how the way he treats himself... I have no idea, but the confidence and then the lack of middles um, certainly impacted the way the halves played. Cody didn't come out of origin the same. I thought that was going to elevate him. Yeah. He got more and more frustrated as the week's gone on. I think Latrell let his team down and the club and anyone that's a South fan with what he did again, missing that game. And it's not even... I don't care about the country music thing and this, that, and the other, but when you see him again in his time off, then he went to you know outback rate like a... If you're going to do that sort of stuff, and I know people are probably going to see him or take photos, but when you're suspended or you're not playing... Well, you need to be playing good footy. It's probably not a good thing if you're not playing or you're suspended to be out living your life and just showing everyone, well, I'm doing this and I'm going here. Like, yeah. I'm not saying you don't get to live, but when you're really important to your team, one of the highest paid players, you've had extra time off with the calf, missed half the season, then you get suspended and you're not around the club or helping prep or chipping in. I know what we sort of spoke about before... Did Demetrio make a mistake seeing what happened with Wayne and trying to be like Wayne? I don't know. But yeah. I think there's certainly, as he said, in the deep review, there's, there's going to be a fair bit that comes out. But the noise hasn't quieted out at all. They're now reporting today that people at Warrington have rang over here and heard that there was talk about bringing Sam back or are you still coming? Like there's there's still shit flying around, which is not a good thing. Mm. But I said it to you what the other day. Like I don't think it's crazy to think this. Let's be honest, and this was laughable again today, like we said last week. They're having to give Sam Burgess an exemption just to coach over there because he's not even qualified. Well, he doesn't have a certificate at all. He's not qualified level three. So they're going How was he able to be an NRL system? They're going to give him an exemption in England to do his course online or whatever he needs to do, and he's allowed to coach by the RFL. But my thought here was... If this again, goes for guys that are in the industry that are chipping away, that have... Yeah, got qualities and your Webster's. Yeah. Look at Long Webster. He's yeah. one of the rare ones to get that job. Certainly two two approaches. Yeah, it's the it's the long haul or it's the yellow brick road. Mm. That's for sure. But I look at this one and go, okay, this review happens. I don't. They're not going to do it this off season. Souths are not that silly. They're a really well run business. They've been really successful. They've been really quiet for a while. They'll give him next year. They've already given him a deal to twenty twenty six. If they got to cut a check or something goes wrong, it'll happen. But I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility. You mentioned Wayne Bennett before that if Wayne Bennett's done up there, Terry Reader at the Dolphins has said he'll have a job. We'll put him here. Like he's not going anywhere. If Sears ended up letting go of this and shit got too ugly, it would not surprise me one bit at all if they rang Burgess, if that's the way they're looking, rang Wayne Bennett and did a similar thing again and said, will you come here for two years? Because the old Fox does not want to stop coaching. And I would not put it past him saying, no worries. Put Sam in as his right hand man, do a year or two, and then hand her off again. But I also thought in this situation, 
Wayne had Demetrio with him as his right hand man for such a long time. If I was South, I wouldn't. Instead of you know getting influenced by Sam or Russell's relate or anything like that, why don't you ring Wayne Bennett? Mm. If he trusted him so much and he you know endorsed him for this job, told him to give him this job, told him to let him do the recruitment, if he trusted him so much, why wouldn't South? It's true. Because it's again easier to go. Oh, it's Bur- like Burgess is a player, but even when I said last week, the rah rah, I'm a captain. That's not good. Like that shit doesn't work as a coach. We've seen that approach before. Yeah. Like, does he actually know X's nose day to day roster management training, all the stuff we're talking about? Like everything that comes with coaching, not just being an inspirational leader. No doubt, as a player and the respect and everything, like all that stuff's all well and good. That but that's not enough to be an NRL coach. Yeah. You can't just walk in every week and fucking blast blokes or spray them at training or not be happy with standards. You will burn people out or you drive people in the ground. But do you have the answers? Do you know how to handle 30 players? Can you keep your cut players happy? Do you cut video? Do you have feedback? Do you know how to delegate to your assistants? Do you know how you want to play? Do you know your principles? Like, can you do all the other stuff? It's all well and good to be a figurehead. Can you be an NRL coach and manage everything that comes with that? Yeah. That's the question here. So for me, I looked inward a bit of that and go, well, if I'm South, the man that told us to hire this guy, carried him around as his assistant for... God knows how long Brisbane here and then wanted him back and gave this job off. Like, there's a reason we hired him. And last year was no fluke getting all prelim. I don't think suddenly he became a bad coach. No, I agree. I think there's a, a lot that's happened internally or rightfully or wrongly, whether him or it was more this, I don't know. But I'm sure if they sort this shit out in the offseason, Murray just re-signed, Cody's long-term, Latrell's long-term. Latrell's definitely got to focus more on football. That's plain and simple. They get Jack White, dude. They get Jack... Um, I think the biggest thing for them this is probably the only thing I wrote down in, in similar thought middle needs to be healthy but like back that other back row spot's been an issue for a while and you know they need more out of a Mawali or a host or someone's got to step up internally because now that Knight's out and Sele's gone they're, they're a similar deal again there's not enough middles yeah so they need to get to market and that's another they need to get connected again they, they look a disconnected group at the moment mm. need some time away from each other and then start fresh. Probably before they leave, they need to flush all this shit out. Yep. Go away, come back, get connected, and start again. And I think because his circle... I, I think certainly the end of this year could seep into next year. Yep. His circle is going to yeah. tighten, I reckon. difficult. Callahan was with him at Pride. He was the cup coach. He's done a great job. How do you answer him on Saturday, actually? I think he'll be up with him. Good fellow. They they had a win on the weekend, which was yeah, good to see. And yep. Yeah, it seems a decent human. Need to tighten the ranks. Um, Talis and Munro aren't part of the 30. They'll come up to fill a couple of those spots. But yeah, Taff, Knight, Sele, Jed, you know, Callow, Chi, Hawkins, Kenna, there's a few off. I'd, I'd be keeping Hawkins. You need to have a good backup half. Yeah. Um, Kenna, no. Terrell, Callow, Callow, they've had wraps on for a while. I don't know if he played much cup this year. I don't think he did. A little bit. Yeah. So, you know, like Chi, Price, if they got my like they're, they're in a situation where they're pretty top heavy, so you can't be really picky when you're top heavy. Mm. Um, but out of what they've got sort of left over, for them, I'll tell you what I go back to. I mentioned his name before. There's one straight away I'd be going to get. Bailey Sirenin's off at the Warriors. I'd bring him back. Yeah, good plan. I'd bring him back. I mentioned before, only because we know what we know. Mate, Dane Akafalao next to Cody Walker. My Lord. This is why I'm talking about what we say every week about scouting couple looking for guys. You want to talk about the rotating cast of players next to him or that edge. Yeah. A player with his attacking ability, if they can work some D and whatever level it needs to be for cup, he could be at a hell of a weapon outside of a guy like Cody Walker. But again, yep. what do I know? 
And you know nothing. That's right. And then a dude like Morara, like I said again, you sometimes you're just looking for value. With what he's shown there, if they've got any money with that lack of middle, they probably need to find a middle. And there's nothing on the market. Mm. So it's all about dollar cents and what you can fit. Because right now I'm looking, the you know, Tass probably gets pushed to the wing by Jack if Latrell stays at the back. That halves are settled. Totola, Cook, Tom, Kaloa, back row, Cam. So the, the big hole is there, back row, Mawali, Harvili, maybe Host or Shaq, and then they're missing another bench player. And then the depth after that is mostly, yeah, oh, sorry, arrows on the bench. But after that, no middle depth. you got Karapani for your OBs, um, Isaac Thompson, Mamo for nine, but they're getting really thin now. Because when you invest or get those players and you start to lock them in, that's where your depth goes. Yeah. So looking at them in that regard. And, and probably the big one, I know I mentioned it. I don't think it's, it's, can't say it's a failure yet. And I think his football certainly went backwards, but more as a result of just the team as well. Next year's your real year for Ilias. Because he's one of the ones we talked about from COVID. No football for two years. Learnt last year. Looked like he was on the improve this year. Along with the team, things went backwards. But year three is huge. If you've had two full pre-season, two years of first grade, there's no excuses next year. If he's not looking the goods, well, for them, they've got a hard decision on their hands. That's the thing, right? But on the flip, like we said, I know a lot of people are going, well, now the Reynolds thing's a fuck-up. So, well, last year... Well, when I, they, think it, I think it is, and I said that from the start. Well, they capitulated was, last year and missed the finals, and now they've done the same. Huge year. mistake. So, if we're going one-on-one, on one, they both... No, no, I just think he would have put you in a better... It, what happened last Short year to, What happened last year to Brisbane had nothing to do with Reynolds. What happened this year to Brisbane, I don't think it's got a whole heap to do with Reynolds. I think getting to big games is when Reynolds is going to have his impact. Well, we'll, we'll find I think out, he, obviously help, like he obviously helps get you there, but I don't think last year was on Reynolds, and I don't think this year has been on on Reynolds. I think come the back end of the season... Well, we're going to find out now. Yeah, that's why you have... That's why you go and pay these number sevens, because they win your big games. Mm. And Ilias this year, unfortunately, didn't get that job done. But... To me, it's not. It's not even a comparison because it's a young half to an experienced half. Yeah. My belief is, is if you wanted to win competitions at South and you've got the roster to do that, you should not have relied on a young, inexperienced half to get you over the line. Mm. I understand the salary yeah. argument, and they but now it. they've gone and got Jack Whiten and paid Jack Whiten big money. So I, I, I'd rather have Reynolds and Whiten in big games but that's that's me I'm not it's mm. not a, I told you so last year it could have been oh see no. Reynolds you should it was proven right that Lockie Elias was gone now it's like well no it's Reynolds I, I just think it's a monumental stuff up from a recruitment perspective I would have found uh, found a way to keep both of them and you know shed something somewhere else or, or find a way to do it um but I, don't, I certainly don't think that was the reason that they're falling away this year. Um, well, in hindsight more, now... More, uh, off the field, I think, is why they're falling away this year. In hindsight now... And Origin. Seven, like you said, they've had three games during Origin uh, where they miss their players and they played teams at the bottom of the ladder who had their full complement and they get beaten close games. Given those three wins, they're almost top four. Mm. And that's not... It's like that's, said. that's me, like, again, highlighting what people don't often delve into in regards to the impact of state of origin. And that's not to say, going in now with the way they are, they're probably fodder anyway, if this was what the state of the club is. That's not the point. But it's still, record-wise, origin impacts clubs differently. Yeah. It creates a false economy for six weeks in the competition. So for a team like South, those three wins, Canberra Dragons, Dragons Dogs in particular, two of the worst teams in the comp. 
The Bulldogs game was a New South Wales Cup game. Because there was an argument today. A lot of people were going, well, who was the worst team in the comp this year? I'm like, well, I, I think the way that the Dogs finished, it... it well, Phil, it, didn't Phil Gould say it's we're close. the worst team? It's close between them and the Tigers, but I think the Tigers overall for the oh, 24 rounds... Like, I don't, does it really matter? No, it doesn't, but they're just saying... Like, it's like, who's the worst team? Like, who cares? But huge internal review, obviously, to come here. They've still got a lot of talent. Next year's a big question mark, but if it starts bad or they don't find a... A few little bits and pieces like I've just hired here to fill in some of those gaps depending on what money they've got to move and with the cap going up, which means a lot of teams should have money to spend, even though they're probably blowing the whole what on Jack. Um, yeah, I'm just interested about that link. I'd, I'd be ringing Wayne Bennett again just to reiterate some things about Demetrio and why he had him. But I I don't think he became a bad coach suddenly. There's all this talk suddenly to scramble for a guy who is a, a great player. It doesn't mean he's going to be a great coach. Like I said, he hasn't even coached. So just, I find it very interesting that there's still so much noise about it. Yeah. If things go to complete shit, because the flip side of that is, and I don't think anyone's even thought about this. I've even heard South people going, put Burgess in. I'm like, okay. Well, here's your other hypothetical you haven't thought about, knuckleheads. If he hates the trail and Cody and that, what do you think's going to happen to the roster? Hmm. Hi, Burgess right now. What his problem was. Yeah. Then tell me how that goes with that group. Those guys are thick as thieves. If they've got beef for him and he's got beef for them, you're fucking blowing your whole roster up. You're not playing in prelims, you're not playing finals, you're starting again. Yeah. And you're not going out and finding another Latrell or a Cody whether you like them or not right now. Yeah. It's, well, it's true. It's huge. It's not that simple. Like, oh, that should just fuck him off and hire him. I'm like, okay, well then let's start with the root cause of the problem and see if that works out. Yeah, So, but overall, huge disappointment. Yeah. Shouldn't be where they were, but they got a lot to look, look at internally and it's going to be very interesting to see how next year starts. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and that's all the teams that missed out. So there you go. They're reviewed. Uh, talking about some of those and what's going on for next year. New coaches, obviously, like we said, Dragons. Shane Flanagan's in. Titans will have Des Hasler. Benji is now solely in charge of the Tigers. Uh, I guess it'll be interesting to watch. Like we said, Brad Arthur, after his extension went up last year, Demetrio is obviously a huge one. The Bulldog situation after all the noise here, there's there's a few that are obviously going to be interesting to watch to start things off, given the way things played out. But yeah, a lot of these teams ended up where they are for a reason, as we just hollered. So those reviews of their seasons, thanks to Sinclair Hyundai Penrith, Toby and the crew there, York Road and Bat Street, SinclairHyundai.com.au, Toby and the team, get a Tucson or a Veloster or whatever. New set of wheels under you to start off spring. Let's do our tips and look at these finals games. Box said thanks to bluebet.com.au. True Blue Bookie, if you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with bluebet.com.au. But remember, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential sport, visit the gamblinghelponline.org.au. Storm Broncos prelim final. Sorry, not prelim final. To make the prelim final, sorry, qualifying final, 2v3 Suncorp. Friday night for the Broncos. Everyone's back in. Um, They've gone with Arthurs over Oates on the wing. Reynolds is back in with Mim. Haas back in. Capewell, Riki, Carrigan back in. But the bench is the interesting one. Was wondering where they'd go. He's gone with Smoothie, Piakura, Hetherington and Palacia, no room for Tapa'u and Jensen, who have sort of been part of that rotation. So for Melbourne, much similar. Everyone's back in, but he's stuck with Meany at one. Seve, Tonema, Pear get the nod still as the centres for the job they've done the last month. 
uh, or the forward pack. No surprise. The bench is the big question mark I had. Nelson, no surprise. Pap, no surprise. Eisenhuth, Edge, Middle. Garlic was the surprise for me. I'm not what we spoke about. I know naturally you got a hooker and middle cover, but if you're going to play him at all, for me, it's only to start if you want to tighten up your middle and be a bit bigger. Otherwise, I'm really not looking to use him. And for that reason, I would have rather have Marat with what he's been doing the last yeah, month. Yeah, he was phenomenal last week. He's been punching for the last month or so for us and thought he might have looked to a him or a Sims to try and bring a bit more firebrand and boost our forward stocks off the bench. But he must have a plan because I know they've rested Harry or they like that impact. But for me, for finals, he's going to play 80 every game. So at this point, I would have been looking purely at bringing in someone to benefit our middle, which has been a concern. Yeah. But... In saying that, I think my bigger concern here is our edges. Seve and Tonema P have certainly done a job, but if Hughes is a bit underwhelmed with that knee on the right with Seve and Broncos could have put a dent in you, if Mam's sweeping around with Farmworth and Walsh flying there, uh, that is just going to really concern me. In saying that, I don't buy into hoodoos or bullshit, but we generally love playing at Suncorp. We love playing the Broncos. I haven't been convinced all year, but I'm going to do what I generally don't do. I'm going to tip the storm. Yeah, I'm not. You know, the Bronx? I don't, yeah. The Broncos, to me, they look the team that is... They're the most likely of anyone. Yeah, I, for a couple of, couple of different reasons. They look way faster than any of the other teams. Well, they've got a better forward pack. And they look way more powerful. It's probably the best back line of the comp. Mm. Cobo, Farmworth, Stags. Like, I know Arthur's is a lesser piece of odds, but Walsh, Stags, Farmworth, like... Cobo, you're talking repping internationals. Yeah. Can they find a disciplined, balanced, complete high? Yeah. Ensure that they win possession and field position. They're going to be a very, very hard out. So I, I, I just want to see Penrith Brisbane Grand Final. Like I'm really rooting for one or two this too. year. Yeah. Or yep. Warriors. I, yep. If Warriors, if you're going outside, there was Warriors line. Brisbane or Warriors Penrith. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Below that, I, you know, no disrespect to Melbourne. I, I just haven't seen it this year. No. Uh, and for everyone else below that. I just Newcastle think, are the one that I look at and go, mate, as the, I said, the you win those two and you get to the premium, playing, I'll, I'll believe. I'm impressed you're by gonna the have football. To be, you're going to have to win in New Zealand or at Penrith. Yeah. So, first you need to get through this week. They do that with the way they've been playing. I'll be all in. That would be awesome. Yeah. That'd be a story and a half. And Newcastle... Like we said, if you haven't been up there, it's a hell of a place to be. But if they were to make a grand final, dear lord. So they then they then go across to play the they play the winner of this game in the prelim if they were able to get through because they crisscross over. They play the loser of Penrith Warriors and then the winner of Brisbane Storm in the prelim. Yeah. Well, next week they could easily win that game. Loser of this game next week is Sharks Roosters side. The ones the the game's going to be that week two game away. Yeah. In New Zealand or Penrith. If they win. Don't if they win this week. You know, I think they'll get through this week. Yeah. And I I go back to another point I've made, and anyone who listens to this knows that as much as everyone loves Munster, I know the Queenslanders love him, he's still never delivered for us in the finals. Oh, dear. Well, he hasn't. He got bin twice in a grand final. He wasn't a big part of the 2020 grand final. The best final series he had is when he played fullback in 2014, that week one against Roosters. Mm-hmm. But that, I, I don't think he's had a real good final series for Melbourne. Going after him. So, no, I haven't been after him. I love him, but he just, he really hasn't been that man for us yet in the finals. Mm. I think if there's a year where we need it with the way our team's been playing this year, this is it. We need a vintage Munster origin-type performance where he just fucking runs amok. And if there's a game to do it, this is it. Yeah. 
at Suncorp. It's the closest you're going to get without wearing a Maroon jersey. And it's against the Broncos. So my hope is this week is one of those games where I finally sit there and grab the TV and just shake the shit out of it because Munster's had a field day. (laughs) But yet to be seen. Mm. We'll find out. The other thing I hope is that Jerome Hughes digs in at Mam and puts Eli Katoa through his face eight times, but it all comes down to the middle, and that's my biggest concern. If we don't beat their middle, which has been my biggest question mark all year, we're going to get pulled apart, and in particular... I think Brisbane are going to be similar to the Warriors. I think they've been sitting back in the slingshot, and they're about to go kaboom. Well, that's what I'm hoping we're doing after a week and a bit of a sneak attack. So that's what I'm fingers crossed on, but... I'm not overly convinced, but I'm very hopeful. Very I think Melbourne, hopeful. Look, Melbourne will have the strategy. I'm just not sure they've got the cattle. Yeah, and that's why I'm more going for the... No, I have the toughness. Like you said. Bellamy will have him prime. The old yeah. Bellamy prime sneak attack, yeah. hopefully. But osbluebet.com.au, Broncos, dollar sixty favourite, Storm, 235, minus three and a half is the line in that one. Uh, second game, I know a lot of Penrith fans were angry, but I think this is a great time. Four o'clock on a well, Saturday. It's New Zealand time. Yeah, but junior sports over. Four o'clock, great weather. And I think if it's warm, it'll suit Penrith. The Warriors aren't playing in the warm. Mm. Oh, Cycle with I them. I think it's a great, great time of the day to play. Try and burn them out a little bit. But yeah, it's six o'clock for New Zealand. But Edwards, Taruva, Tago, Crichton, Cogger <coughs> had a really good game last week. A couple of nice touches slotted in. I'll be interested to see if the centers are flipped again. I was talking to you about that. He flipped Tago, Crichton. I'm guessing... Not that he doesn't trust Tago, but Crichton's definitely more versatile both sides yeah. defensively. So he's gone there to strengthen up that spot. Um, people worry about Kenny, Sorensen. They're both back in this week. Martin, yeah. It's their best third name they can name, besides Luai. Yeah. That's available. Bench was always going to be interesting too. Whether it was Salmon, was it Luke? Luke's not even in the 22. Uh, Salmon's 18th, but he's gone with Peachy. Peachy probably gives him similar to Salmon. Cover for centre, halves, back row. But to be honest, if I was going to pick one, I'd probably have gone with seven at this point. That's just me. I would have gone with Luke. But uh, Lindsay Smith, Lenu, Hosking. So two genuine middles. And Hosking, I guess, gives you back row, middle, centre cover. Yeah. He's proved he could do all those jobs. But for the Warriors, troops back in. No surprise about the back five. He's picked Martin over Volkman. I know last week probably wasn't the greatest game for him. And I have no doubt that's where a lot of traffic's going to go. Going to see Cleary and... You know, Tago and Martin smashing his inside shoulder and outside shoulder over that side of the field. But Barnett's back in with Fenua Blake in the front row. Egan, Ford, Murata, Tohu. I'm really hoping the stuff about him's not true. And an extremely light and impactful bench. That duo of Walker and Jazz, when they come on during the year, they've been great together. Mm. Um, Syrian covers multiple spots and Curran's just a toiler. So it's a lighter sort of bench, but it's a good bench. Yeah. This one, I think the odds are a bit disrespectful, but I'll, I'll be proven wrong. I still think the Panthers win, but I, I just think it's a lot closer than what the odds say. Me too. Yeah. So, you on the Panthers? Yeah, but I'll be cheering for the Warriors. I'd love to see it. That'd be huge. Imagine them in a prelim going there. That'd be mm. scary as shit. That's, Probably mm. That's not saying I want Panthers to lose. No. I'm, just, <clears throat> I'm ready for a change, I think. And I think the other thing here... I certainly son will be devastated. certainly think the middles match up, particularly for Noah Blake. Mm. Egan's done a great job. Um, if they can play fire with fire, Barnett certainly won't back down either. No. And I think their bench has got a good impact, but it's whether they can... They need to be physical and be bullies, but they need to be disciplined. They need to bring more of what we saw in the earlier games in the year. They had that resilience more than the spark during the back end of the year. They made a few more errors. There was a bit more of the flash, particularly their right-hand side. If they get back to the real nitty-gritty of what Webster built in early mm. and meet Penrith, which, you know, 
he's a defensive coach. He did a bit of the attack there, but he knows Penrith. He's going to know what they what they want to do. Yeah, he would have fed them everything on a platter. It's whether they can do it. You can see what Penrith want to do. Hundred percent, I'm going to stop it. Um, and then attack wise, you know, I think the Warriors are one of the best teams in terms of not wasting plays and sequencing and moving the point of attack. So I'd be interested to see if they can do that against Penrith efficiently and not not hand the ball over. People that uh, watched the face to face last night with Andrew Webster, he it's good. gave you a tiny little snapshot into their attacking philosophy because he made a point about you know doesn't matter what point of the field we're on, the boys know what shape to fall into. Yeah, and that was, so we can play. Straight away. Yeah. Not taking bullshit about, carries. It was just about knowing. Johnson just knows that this is where we are. This is the shape. This is what we can do. And there'll be different variations off it. So. Yeah. So I hope for them. They obviously have and to. That's, that's something that I know for a fact that Ivan Cleary implemented even prior to Barrett. Like I remember the early years there when we were playing 20s with that, you know, Luai, Cleary. The philosophy coming back was that irrespective of where you were on the field, you should always have something to fall into. So if we're at you know, this point of the field, this is the shape we fall into, these are the variations, depending on who gets tackled in what responsibility. That was sort of a full middle service. But yeah, um, yeah, it's really interesting that mm. Webster's... Yeah, It's just evident. They, they, they're a shot-for-shot team, and a lot of that is because they're, they're just well-organised. and mm. It's not structure, it's... You know, it's just understanding where you are and how you're going to play based on that location, I guess. And like I said, I don't think they, for them, I think in terms of play wise, well, I think they got some of the best middle skill wise. Fenua Blake, Harris, like what they can do with the ball, Walker merging into that role. I actually was going to say to you, after last week, would you have considered playing Walker at six? No. No, I just wondered because after watching Volkman and him, and I thought, well, does he put that on Johnson and move him back to six? But no. Yeah. Pick tomorrow, Martin. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, well, the odds of bluebet.com.au at Bluebet Stadium. The Panthers are $1.22. The Warriors are four twenty twelve and a half start. So that's why I sort of looked at that and thought, well, I think they'll make it a 1-12 to game. Um, I'd take the start. That's just my... What's the start? I mean? 12 and a half. Yeah. So Penrith 13 plus. I think the Warriors will give enough of an account of themselves, but... Yeah, I'll be going to that. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be commentating, so I won't be there, unfortunately. But uh, elimination final later on that evening at the prison, aka the building site for some people. Points bet. It's the Sharks up against the Roosters. Tracy named despite that injury, but Kennedy is ling- lingering in the 22, and there's talk that he will be back in. So oh, well. if he's back in, um, I don't know if they drop one of those middles off the bench because he's certainly loaded up in that regard. But yeah, if Kennedy or Tracy at one... Trindle and Nico still in the halves, but I think this is probably the best sort of pack they could put on the field. He's got Rudolph, Ueli, Nikora, Graham, McInnes, and then last week, guys like Williams, Hunt, Hazelton, Kafusi. He's got impact. He's got size. If he just does a demo job on the middle and tries to wear down Baker, Collins, Radley, and probably what's a bit less so with the troops that the Roosters are missing, that's that's the key for them. Yeah. Can they play that style of game, though? Because last week, they fell in love with what they do best, which is move the ball made early errors in yardage, made errors coming in to good ball off the back of winning the cycle and territory. Yeah. If they do that against the Chooks, they'll lose. So can the Sharks get down and dirty, like old-school Flano-style Sharks? I think they will. Jiu-Jitsu Fitzy Sharks, who flogs himself Jiu-Jitsu. on a Saturday and tells them Jiu-Jitsu. that if you guys are going to get punished, I've got to punish myself, because they love being flashy. That's great. But this didn't work for them last year. 
Mm. They need to find a bit of more finals football. More forward-based. I think they will. More tidy. This will be a little bit of a point to prove, particularly based on last year. So you're on the Sharkies? Yeah. I'm going the upset. I'm going the Chookies. Yeah. I've liked Walker's few games back. I don't know about Manu, but I think from a yardage perspective, they've been doing a good job. Smith, Teddy even looks like he's sort of finding another gear at the back end of the year. Um, I think if they hold up and just complete well, and the Sharks do shoot themselves in the foot a few times, they might be able to grind one out of you. Yeah. But it is at the prison, so I'm probably kidding myself, but that's where we'll I've We'll see. I'm looking forward to that game. I think good. Yeah, I think it will be good. And Fitzy versus Robbo, they'll be a bit there. Yeah. Good story, just like Webster against Penrith being there and Kevy being an assistant of the Storm and the natural competition between the Broncos and how that all began with Rebo and everything everyone talks about. All the matchups are great, but this one with bluebet.com.au, a pick them. Dollar 90 apiece. Wow. So they can't split them. Uh, the line is one, minus one and a half to the Sharks at the moment. And the last game is the Mighty Knights, nine in a row. At home, it'll be absolutely heaving there at 4 p.m. At McDonald Jones, Ponga back in, Gagai back in, Hastings name, but again, Clune's been doing a fine job, so if he has to have another week, I'd be plenty confident in getting the job done. Um, Crossland's back in with Safidi, Thompson, Frizz, Fitzy back in, Elliot. And the bench they've gone with is Kurt Mann, Daniel Saifidi, Jack Hetherington, and Matt Croker. So Dylan Lucas, who's done a good job the last few weeks. Clune out for the time being. Tawala did a good job last week. For the Raiders, uh, Rappin are still at one. Schiller comes in for Chris, who got five weeks for that tackle. Wow. Um, White and Tomoko, Kotrick, Frawley and Fogarty stuck with that. White and still in the centers. Arta Mariota starts with Tarpin in the front row. Hi Hepapuru. Uh, he debuted last week at 13, and his bench is Starling, Gula, Solo, Mooney, Croker will not feature in potentially his last game in the NRL again out of the squad. Um, hate to say it for Raiders fans, they've limped in, and I think they're going to one of the worst places right now with the momentum train that the Knights are riding. I yeah, think. I agree. I think I'll tip in the Knights, but I think they'll be juiced. I the, the Raiders kills. will be right up for it. Yeah, I I think this one's walking into a buzzsaw. I can imagine that place. Mm. So, gonna be interesting. Raiders just got to rattle them early, jump them a little bit, get them off their game plan. Well, they got to do what they did last There's an week. An avenue there. That last week they basically played AMF between the bumpers. They didn't go outside the twenties. Yeah, they just kicked, ran through the middle, completed, and said, "You make errors, and we'll just cycle with you with our, our pack." Yeah, and like I said, Sharks at times got frustrated, handed the pill over. Rapping a bomb to second try, they bombed it up. They probably should have had a few more tries, Canberra, yeah. off the back of just can't, uh, Cronulla mistakes. So, can they put Newcastle in a box and just grind them out with them? And then I guess defend their edges because yeah. I think at times they can be a bit fragile there. Um, how good they're going at the moment, both sides of the field, especially that shape they sweep around to the left with Ponga. How he sums things up, whether he's going to run, play short, long, yeah, it's, it's going to be a hell of a challenge. And I think, in particular, Tomoko. Is very dangerous, but defensively he can be caught out, and I think that's where they're going to take a lot of that traffic. Yeah. So, and Frawley, similar deal again. They don't play as much of that side, but they're going to go after him as well. But, oh, yeah, I think Newcastle red hot. So, both on the Knights, bluebet.com.au, $1.21 favourite, four forty five. the Raiders. They're the biggest outside of the weekend. 12 and a half start. Would you take the start? No. No. So, looking at that. No, I'd rather just take Newcastle to win than take the uh, Raiders to win than take the start. We've got two different 
And last week I pegged one back, so I'm now within one. You're 131 on 130. Yeah. But Storm Broncos were different, Rooster Sharks were different, so could have equal or I could be further away and busted like Custard or I might take the lead for the first time this year. Who knows? We'll see what happens, but mm. great matchups. Sure are. Cracker. Um, so, yeah, potentially week two, like we said, what we're looking at. It's either going to be a Penrith or a Warriors home game against Newcastle or the Raiders, and it's either going to be Suncorp or Amy Park for Roosters or Sharks. So, Sounds mm. good. Even again, great games, but hell of a final series if your team missed out. Better luck next year, in the words of uh, the famous coach from Happy Gilmore. Yeah. If your team's still in, all the best, unless you're a Broncos fan playing the Storm, go bash out on a table. <laughs> I, hope, I really hope we win. I'm not really confident, but I'm just praying to Bellamy and the disciples of Slater and Smith that something happens. But yeah. <laughs> and NFL starts on Friday. Yeah, good. Like we said, we'll put some information up um, once we sort out some more details for this pod. If you are an NFL fan and you're keen to have a listen, if you haven't had enough of listening to us all year in the rugby league, get on board for our new venture and see how it goes. Yeah. Sounds but good. Your season's over, mate. Bit of, bit more free time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, at least for a month for or a, so. Yeah. Not for the next couple of weeks until I sort out what's going on personally. And then, yeah, there'll be a bit of downtime, no doubt, before it all rolls around again. I've got the grand final this weekend. I'm doing three, actually. Good. Done the 14s, the 16s, the 18s. The 16s I've done all year. St. Christopher's from the Dogs Comp are playing Guildford from the Paracomp. They're both stacked with all the kids that played maths this year or going to play again. Yep. So there's probably 20 or so that have already played or been in those teams. So it's loaded. Yeah. Um, in 16s and 18s, Cabra, Chrissy's, Milpera. Um, yeah, it's been a really good comp. And we had another Golden Point game last week. Crazy final series. It's been awesome. That's good. So... I bet so do people tune in at five o'clock on the weekend if you want, but you'll be watching the Warriors Penrith game, so don't worry about me. Yeah. But if I think your viewership might be down a little bit this week. If you're a, a Para or a Dogs fan, like I've said the whole way along, there is replays on YouTube of the Para Eels Junior Rugby League page. Trust me, it's well worth watching. Um, I don't just say that because I'm calling it. I've actually generally enjoyed calling these games. Yeah. And the best thing at this age group, they just fucking don't care. They get stuck into each other. Hmm. Like they, look, the last two three weeks in particular, my god. Last week when these two played each other, I think mainly because most of them know they've been in those Mats teams, they just absolutely went after each other. It was junkyard dog stuff. The referee was blowing penalties because he was scared, in my opinion. That's good. There was some stuff there. I was like, that's just physical. And the ref's like, yeah, no, that's too hard. I was like, mate, just do not blow your whistle. (laughs) Let the boys sort themselves out. They'll be tied in five or ten minutes. But if you keep blowing the whistle... Let the game fly. Exactly. I was I was John's in it in commentary because I'm like, you know what's going to happen? And it did happen. Two guys end up getting binned because they got angry with all the penalties and they got more frustrated. So I just let them bash each other for five or ten. They'll be tired. Let the ball stay in play. And it'll all flatten out. Best way to do it. Mm. There you go. If you're still involved, like we said, best of luck for the weekend. Four absolute belter games. Who will be moving into a prelim spot and a crucial week off at this time of the year. Who will be coming back down and who will be moving up to try and challenge one of those teams and potentially send them out the back door? Who knows, but we'll know after the weekend. That's it for us this week. Thank you to bluebet.com.au if you're going to bet with anyone. Make sure you do it with the Truly Blue Bookie. Keep your eyes out for the fifth and last best bet on the Bluebet app and website. Go to Bluey Specials and look for fifth and last. I haven't decided 
quite yet, but um, I've got a bit of an idea in my head. I'll look at some odds after this. Thank you, Toby and Sinclair Hyundai. Visit them, corner of York and Bat Street. SinclairHyundai.com.au. And Jake and the crew, Penrose Solar. If you're looking for a system, it's that time of the year. Bills are only going up. Invest in your renewables in the future. Old man just got a battery chucked on. He's absolutely loving that. Anything you can do to save a dollar at this point in time. The technology is only getting better and better, and the prices just keep getting fucking higher and higher. So, it's ridiculous. The pro- the power prices are. Ah, oh, mate. Ridiculous. Talking to a bloke that works in the industry, I don't even know what the bloody hell's going on. People go, "Do you regulate them?" Like, we don't regulate. It. There's an individual regulator. They sold the retail. So, like it's all sorts of dodgy shit. People are pulling money out of it, and we just maintain the network. That's it. Yeah, it's an absolute rule. Ridiculous. There you go. Touring out there. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.